んとこ来ないか Welcome back to the history of FMW.、Uh, we are on episode 34 and going over the year 2007. So, Brett, can you just start us off really quickly by going over what happened in 2006 with the Apache Army and WMF? Yeah, so 2006 saw the Apache Army,、uh, due to their relationship with New Japan, they were able to grow and become more popular. Their,、um, their rivalry with New Japan brought in a really passionate fan base.、Um, they were able to run Corrigan Hall three times in 2006 compared to one time in 2005.、Um, and like I said, the fan base is very passionate. They're very anti New Japan, they're very pro Kanemura, and、um, you know, it's, it's still a somewhat of a, you know, it's an independent promotion, but it's still. Um, it, it has its followers, it has its fan base. A really well promoted show is going to draw about 1,200 fans or so to Corgan Hall. It's nothing like what FMW was doing at the Prime, but you know, it's, it's a promotion that is doing well overall. WMF, on the other hand, is kind of stagnant.、Um, they're pretty much just the same as what they were in 2005, where they were only able to run Shinkiba once a month, and、um, the shows do okay for a 300 seat building. The crowd's quiet. They're not. As nearly as passionate as the Apache fan base.、Um, I mean, overall, it's just the promotion is just is staying alive just so that、um, the young boys at Ganaske help train and some smaller independent guys can have a job, and that's and as well as Ganaske can have a home、uh, to promote. And so, overall,、um, you know, Apache Army has grown a lot bigger than WMF over the past year and going into 2007. The Apache Army would run their first show of 2007 on January 8th at Shinkiba with Kuroda challenging for the WEW world title. Can you go over with us what happened on the show? Yeah, so Kuroda had defeated Kanemura back on December 16th of the previous year to become the number one contender for the WEW title. So he's going to challenge for Toji Makabe's belt、uh, in the main event, main event of this show. And、um, early on, Kuroda takes Makabe into the crowd, and Kuroda's smashing Makabe's head up against the wall of Shinkiba. Well, Miyawaki, who's a part of Makabe's、uh, heel group, he ends up attacking Kuroda in the crowd with a chair and then setting up a table for Makabe to powerbomb. Kuroda through,、uh, through the table, and then、um, Makabe would take Kuroda back in the ring, and he ends up grabbing his chain and wrapping it around Kuroda's throat. And he ends up tossing Kuroda over the top rope like he's going to choke him out、uh, using the chain. Well, while、um, Makabe is flipping off the fans and the fans are booing him, he's not paying attention to Kuroda, he's paying attention to the fans. Kuroda ends up Uh, using the ropes to like skin a cat and bring himself back in, roll back into the ring. And、um, he ends up、uh, placing the chain over Makabe,、uh, Makabe's throat and he ends up tossing Makabe over the top rope. But Miyawaki would end up coming into the ring、uh, with a broken piece of table and Kuroda would end up having to fight him off. Well, then、uh, Kuroda would end up rolling Makabe up with a Samson clutch when Takashi Sasaki would grab the referee and pull her out of the ring so she can't make the three count. Sasaki would then come in the ring and hit a Dejeist. On Kuroda, and then Makabe would hit Kuroda with a lariat、um, with the chain wrapped around his arm, and then end up hitting a, a King Kong knee drop to get the win over Kuroda. So Makabe, with the interference, has defeated Kuroda. Well, Kanemura with it, and 
Hanamura would then end up hitting the ring and challenging for a match on February 2nd. Uh, it's going to be a no-ropes barbed wire mat death match. Hanamura and Kuroda against Toji Makabe and Takashi Sasaki at Corrigan, at Corrigan Hall. Mr. Ganesuke's feud with Poison Sawada would conclude on January 12th at Shinkiba for Union in another death match. What was the match and what happened? This is going to be a snake death match. Poison Sawada had wrestled for the old IWU promotion uh, back in 1994, and he had had a snake match previously. And so this is going to be you know, uh, multiple snakes in these containers uh, set up in the ring. Well, um, Sawada right away, he ends up going after Ganesuke's heel manager with the snake. Uh, Ganesuke and Sawada but then end up fighting over the container with the snakes in it until it ended up breaking, and several of the snakes would end up falling in the ring. Uh, Ganesuke would end up kicking Sawada low and then end up putting his head uh, in the container with the snakes in it. Um, and then Sawada would then grab a snake and put it on Ganesuke's arm. So he's selling this like he's been bit. Um, eventually blood would start um, pouring out of Ganesuke's arm. Um, and then uh, Ganesuke's manager would end up coming in the ring and uh, stalling Sawada as uh, Ganesuke would end up grabbing a barbar bat and attacking Sawada with it and then dumping his head in the snake container. Uh, Ganesuke would then end up going for a lariat, but Sawada would end up uh, rolling him up for the win. So uh, Poison Sawada gets the win. Afterwards, Ganesuke and Sawada, they raise each other's uh, arms up together and they walk out. This is going to be Ganesuke's last union show. So uh, the feud is finally over after several months of multiple deathmatch matches. Uh, uh, multiple death matches with different stipulations. Uh, so like I said, Ganesuke is going to be leaving Union, and he's going to be working for some other um, independent promotions going forward. WMF would run their first show of the year at Shinkiba on January 13th and would then hold the first round of the Marvelous Tag Team Tournament. What happened on the show? Yeah, so the, this show is going to have the first round matches of the Tag Team Tournament. Um, the only real noteworthy match on this show is... Uh, Mr. Ganesuke and Soldier taking on Onryo and Yuko Miyamoto. So it's the WMF versus the 666 team. Um, this is going to be a wooden board match. Uh, Onryo and Ganesuke, they end up fighting over the wooden board until Miyamoto would end up helping Onryo pull it away from Ganesuke. And Onryo would end up smashing the wooden board across Ganesuke's arm the day before having gotten that arm bit by a snake. Uh, Ganesuke and Miyamoto would end up going at it with one another with Miyamoto trying to uh, hit a spring board elbow, but Ganesuke would end up catching Miyamoto and suplexing him. Uh, Miyamoto and Soldier would then face off against each other with Miyamoto uh, going for a moonsault when Ganesuke would end up um, tossing a chair at Miyamoto and Soldier would end up hitting a really bad looking BUU. Um, to, so Soldier ends up getting the pinfall over Miyamoto to advance to the semifinals. Um, Soldier would then end up getting on the mic and talking about how the team of Soldier and Ganesuke, they're unstoppable. No one's going to beat them. You know, Ganesuke's here, you know, probably the number one name in the tournament. And then you have Soldier, who's been pretty much pushed as, like, the number one new up-and-comer guy in WMF. So there's no one, there's no one, on, there's no team here in the tournament that ha looks like they have any shot at beating this team. And Soldier is very confident to tell everyone, you know, we're going to win this tournament. The Apache Army would hold a special show on January 31st in Nagoya with some pretty big headline names on the show. What happened? 
Yeah, so this is one of those special shows where there's a sponsor, and he's actually promoting the show under the Apache Army name, and he's the one that's willing to bring in the likes of Toshiaki Kawada and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, so in this show, the main event is uh, Kanemura, Satoshi Kojima, and Daisuke Sekimoto taking on Toshiaki Kawada, Mama Sasaki, and Yoshihito Sasaki. Um, Kanemura would go at it with Kawada right away, um, smashing him with elbows, but Kawada would begin striking Kanemura a lot harder with his elbows, and then begin kicking Kanemura in the chest and his legs. Uh, Yoshihito Sasaki would end up getting, uh, Daisuke Sekimoto in a torture rack, but Kojima would come in and kick, uh, Sasaki in the stomach, allowing, uh, Sekimoto to put Yoshihito Sasaki in the torture rack. Well, Kawada would end up, end up coming over and kicking Sekimoto. Well, then Mema Sasaki would end up getting clotheslined by Kojima, uh, who would end up being speared by Yoshihito Sasaki. Yoshihito Sasaki then ends up putting Kanemura in the torture rack, but Daisuke Sekimoto would end up coming over and German suplexing Yoshihito, causing Kanemura to go flying as well. Sekimoto would then go for a clothesline on Kawada, but Kawada would end up giving him a boot to the face, and Sekimoto would come back and they would end up doing a double clothesline um, before Sekimoto would manage to knock Kawada down with a lariat. Sekimoto would then end up setting Kawada up for a torture rack, but Kawada would begin punching him in the head, and then Kawada would end up nailing Sekimoto with a powerbomb, and would then lay uh, Sekimoto out with a kick to the head for the win. So Kawada ends up getting the win over Sekimoto, then Kanemura, Kojima, and Sekimoto would end up doing the Team No Respect dance to end the show. The Apache Army would return to Corrigan Hall on February 2nd. Can you go over some of the top matches on the show? So the Apache Army, they end up announcing a crowd of 1,100 fans, which is about a half-filled-up building, but at this point, that's a good number for them. Um, just the logistics of everything, where they where they are at this point, that kind of number, uh, and drawing that many fans, it, overall, it's a considered success for the promotion. Um, on this show, the semi-main event is Satoshi Kojima taking on Mama Sasaki. So it's, again, it's one of those Mama Sasaki having to kind of earn his way up the ladder, uh, going up against um, some top stars again. You know, he had done this previously with WMF, taking on Tenru, and then, um, you know, with De uh, the Fuki Army taking on Hashimoto. Well, now he's taking on Kojima, and he actually controls a majority of this match. Kojima really lets him kind of just take control. Um, they end up brawling outside of the ring right away, and Mammoth ends up hitting a powerbomb on the outside, and then he ends up hitting a Mammoth home run on Kojima, then Mammoth ends up hitting an awesome bomb and a 29 years old on Kojima, but Kojima ends up getting up right away. Like, he just no-sells that uh, 29 years old. Mammoth would then hit another 29 years old on Kojima and then follow that up with a clothesline. Um, Mammoth would then go for another clothesline, but that's when Kojima would end up hitting him in the arm as he would go for the clothesline. And then Kojima just hits him with a lariat and gets the win. So Mammoth, like I said, is in control of the majority of the match, but Kojima has a very limited offense um, for the most part. But Kojima's not going to lose to Mammoth, and so it's kind of one of those things where Mammoth is just he gets all the offense, but Kojima's getting the win at the end to try and make Mammoth look as good as good as possible, knowing he's got to lose to Kojima. And then in the main event, it's a Captain Falls, no ropes, barbed wire, spider net uh, death match uh, between Kitaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda going up against Toji Makabe and Takashi Sasaki. 
And in this match, uh, Makabe and to Takashi Sasaki, they would pick up Kanemura and lay him across the barbed wire um, right away so his stomach is grazes the barbed wire. Um, all four would end up brawling in the crowd, and Kanemura would end up um, diving off the entrance of the uh, in the crowd and sending Makabe through the table, while Takashi Sasaki, he ends up throwing uh, Kuroda into the spider net uh, barbed wire board um, off the stage on the other side of Corrigan Hall. Uh, Makabe and Sasaki, they would end up double-teaming Kanemura and then power-bombing him through a barbed wire board. Um, Makabe would end, end up cutting open uh, Kanemura, and Kanemura is just bleeding all over during this match. Makabe would then end up um, hitting a lariat on Kanemura and then um, trying for a King Kong knee drop, but he would end up missing it. Kuroda would then end up jumping on Kanemura's back and using him to uh, use a, hit a Shining Wizard on Makabe. And then Kanemura would end up fighting back and smashing both with the broke, a broken table piece. Uh, Kuroda would then end up kicking Sasaki low and then hitting a Shining Wizard on him outside the ring on a barbed wire board. And then Kanemura and Kuroda would both send uh, Makabe into the barbed wire. Makabe and Kanemura then are, uh, begin exchanging elbows with one another. Uh, Kanemura would end up knocking Makabe down, but Makabe would get right up, and he's selling like how strong he is that he got up from, you know, got up right away. Well, Kanemura just ends up kicking him low, and then picking up Makabe and delivering a Death Valley bomb into the spider net for the win. So Kanemura gets his first pinfall victory over Makabe on the show. And then um, Mama Sasaki would come out and challenge Makabe for a, the WEW title um, in two days at the next lockup show. And in the show, Kanemura and Kuroda, they hug and do the Team No Respect dance. Um, and, then Mak and then afterwards, Kanemura and Kuroda, they're doing an interview backstage when Makabe and Sasaki would attack them from behind and... Uh, lay them out, and so the, this feud is going to continue here um, for the next couple months. Lockup would then hold a show at Corrigan Hall on February 4th with Makabe defending the WEW title against Mammoth Sasaki in a cage match. What happened there? Yeah, so Mammoth's going to challenge Toji Makabe for the WEW title. Um, like you said, this is a cage death match. And before the match even starts, Mammoth goes after Makabe uh, right away, and they begin brawling out the backstage before the match even starts. Eventually, they get into the cage, and the match starts. Well, uh, Makabe would end up throwing Mammoth headfirst into the cage and then wrapping his chain around Mammoth's throat, and so he's choking Mammoth out. Mammoth is bleeding. Uh, Mammoth would end up um, fighting back, hitting a power slam, on Makabe, and then eventually both would end up climbing up to the top of the cage, and they begin exchanging elbows with one another um, before they begin to climb down the cage, and they're both trying to smash each other's head into the cage, with Mammoth um, end up smashing Makabe's head against the cage, and he falls and gets crotched to the, um, against the top rope, and uh, Mammoth would end up delivering a brain buster on Makabe. Well, Mammoth would end up uh, going for a Mammoth home run, so he puts the chair over Makabe's neck, and he ends up swinging, but Makabe would end up moving out of the way and then hitting a lariat with Mammoth still holding the chair, so Makabe uh, lariats the chair into Mammoth's face. Uh, Makabe would end up wrapping the chain around uh, his arm and hitting a lariat on Mammoth and then delivering a King Kong knee drop 
uh, with Mammoth not being able to get up by the 10 count. Uh, so Maccabee would end up getting the win via KO, and he has now successfully defeated Kanemura. Maccabee has defended the WEW title against Kanemura, Kuroda, and Mammoth Sasaki. Kanemura would end up uh, climbing into the cage and going after Makabe, but uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano, they end up hitting the ring as well and attacking Kanemura. Uh, eventually, both Apache Army and Toji Makabe's group, which is called the TPG Army, they end up brawling all in the cage with Kanemura wrapping a chain around uh, Makabe's neck uh, with Yano and Ishii trying to make the save for him. Um, eventually, Kanemura and Makabe would end up squaring off face-to-face -to, -face to end the show backstage. So um, this is pretty much, you know, like I said, Kanemura and Makabe, that's just where the... the that's where all the heat is right now for the promotion. That's the main focus of the promotion. And just, you know, Kanemura, can he finally defeat Makabe? Makabe is defeating everybody. And so um, that's what the next couple months in the Apache Army is going to be. The Apache Army would hold a one-night tournament on uh, February 8th at Shinkiba to determine the number one contenders for the WEW Tag Team titles. Can you go over the finals match and what happened as a result of the tournament? Yeah, so this is going to be a tag team tournament to determine the number one contender for the WEW tag team titles. Um, the, the finals of the tournament becomes uh, is uh, Kanemura and Kuroda going up against Takashi Sasaki and the winger. And right away they would brawl um, with Kanemura and Sasaki brawling on the ramp of Shinkiba. Uh, Sasaki would end up sending Kanemura into a stack of chairs to the outside. Uh, Sasaki and the winger would end up focusing on busting Kanemura open. Uh, Sasaki would end up going for his uh, Yuki Charging Lariat, but Kanemura would end up putting his boot and kicking Sasaki in the face. Uh, Kanemura would then end up tagging in Kuroda, who would go after Sasaki, but the winger would end up kneeing uh, Kuroda in the side, and then the winger would end up hitting a senton on Kuroda, while Sasaki would end up hitting his Dejiced, um, followed by uh, hitting a Fuki Charging Larry on Kuroda to get the win. And so um, Sasaki and the Winger, they become winning the tournament. They become the number one tag, uh, the number one um, contenders for the WEW Tag Team uh, titles. Well, a couple days after this, uh, Kasai and Hama they split up. Hama ends up joining the TBG uh, heel side. And so they split up and vacate the tag team titles. Well, as a result of winning this tournament, and then eventually, uh, just a couple days after winning this tournament, the, um, the Winger and Takashi Sasaki, they're rewarded the tag team titles. And so they are now the tag team champions, even though when they won the tournament, they didn't win the belts. And then a couple months later, Sasaki and the Winger end up splitting up, and they vacate the tag team titles. So Sasaki and the Winger win the tag team uh, tournament, don't win the belts until a couple days later for winning the tournament, and then never actually defend the titles and end up having to vacate it themselves. WMF would conclude the marvelous tag team tournament on February 17th at Shikiba. What ended up happening in the semifinals and finals of the tournament? Yeah, so the uh, semifinals of the tag team tournament here is uh, Mr. Ganesuke and Soldier going up against Mineo Fujita and Kitten Kid. I talked about last episode, Kitten Kid, it was um, SYU. Um, he was dressed up in this, kid, uh, this cat outfit and doing a, a cat gimmick, pretty much. And so... 
you know, Gonosuke and Soldier, they're going into this uh, tournament confident, and Soldier did the promo the month prior how no one's going to beat them. Well, um, in this match, Gonosuke and Soldier, um, they take turns beating on the Kitten Kid. You know, it's like Kitten Kid's nowhere near their level. So they're taking turns beating on the Kitten Kid. Um, eventually, uh, Gonosuke would charge at the Kitten Kid, and um, Kitten Kid would be able to move out of the way. So Gonosuke misses him, and Kitten Kid ends up making the hot tag to me and Neo Fujita, who comes in, and he ends up uh, hitting a Tope Kanhilo on Gonosuke in the crowd. Uh, Soldier and the Kitten Kid uh, would end up getting tagged back in, and Soldier would hit a Styles Clash on uh, Kitten Kid. But then, as he's going for the BUU, uh, Kitten Kid would end up managing to roll up Soldier um, and getting the upset win. So Kitten Kid defeats Soldier, pins Soldier. So Gonosuke and Soldier, or the you know number one team, doesn't they're the dream team. They end up getting eliminated and knocked out of the tournament. This leads to Kitten Kid and Minio Fujita taking on Gasaku and Kamui in the finals of the tournament. Um, Gasaku and Kamui, they had won uh, this, uh, their match, their semifinals match against Tomoya Hadashi and Hideki Hosaka in the semi, their semifinals match. So now they're in the finals, uh, taking on Fujita and Kitten Kid. This match is not good. Uh, the crowd is completely dead. They're just watching, um, and it's very slow. Um, Kamui would end up hitting a Phoenix Splash on Minio Fujita, but like I said, it's just very slow. They're just prodding, you know, to hitting a spot, and then a couple minutes, you know, minute or two later, then they hit another spot, and um, before uh, Fujita would end up hitting a Firebird Splash on uh, Kamui to get the win, and so Minio Fujita and Kitten Kid, they end up winning the Marvelous Future Tag Team Tournament, and so this is to kind of push them up. Now, they're, especially uh, Minio Fujita, he's going to be pretty much um, the top star, their top babyface in WMF, and Kitten Kid, they're going to get, you know, he it's a comedy gimmick, but they're going to, you know, he's got some talent, so they're going to kind of push him up towards, like, the semi-main event or in the main event types uh, match. Um, but like I said, Minio Vegeta, now he's going to be kind of the top star going forward in WMF. Mike Awesome's body was found the night of February 17th from an apparent suicide. Can you go over the details of what you know? Yeah, so I'm just going to go over what I know. Obviously, I don't know every detail about this. There's no way I can. Um, but I'm just going to, you know, mention what I've been told uh, what happened. And um, I mean, obviously, there's two sides to every story. And I'm just going to go off what I've been told specifically. Um, so going back to May 2006, um, Mike Awesome, at this point, has been retired from wrestling for about a year or so. His knee, um, he suffered another knee injury in his match against Masato Tanaka uh, at the One Night Stand show in um, for the WWE pay-per-view. And Mike Awesome's just, you know, like, I'm 40 years old. I've hurt my knee again. I'm done. I'm done with wrestling. And so he ends up getting another career as a real estate agent in Tampa. Well, this isn't going very well for him. Um, he's pretty much ranked last in in um, the group of uh, real estate agents he's um, been grouped up with. He was ranked last, so he is not doing very well. It's you know it's a very challenging position for some, and he you know he's struggling with it uh, about a year or so into it. And then um, you know in May 2006, Mike Awesome and his wife are in bed, and um, Mike Awesome's wife goes. I want a divorce. I I don't love you anymore. I, this is over. And 
you know, again, this is just what I've been told. I'm sure there's more to the story um, of why she made this, you know, why she felt this way. I'm sure, you know, years have been built up. I don't think it just came out of nowhere, but she's telling Mike, you know, I want, I want a divorce. Uh, I want the kids. You, you know, I'm going to freeze up your bank account. All the money is going to go to me when we get divorced. And Mike, awesome. What, what are you, what are you talking about? And he gets so angry. And again, this might've been actually in a fight, but you know, like I said, I was told that this was, she said that the, said to him out of nowhere in bed, but Mike awesome ends up grabbing her by the throat and is like, what are you talking about? You, you're going to end everything. You're going to, you know, we're, we're breaking up. We've been married for 10 years and you're just going to be cold and callous and, you know, just end our marriage. And, you know, I can't see the kids. And he, you know, so he grabs her by the throat. Well, she ends up calling the cops and Mike awesome ends up getting arrested. And, um, you know, afterwards, um, you know, they go through the divorce or they're going through the divorce proceedings and, you know, it's been about a year or so. And, um, Mike awesome ends up actually finding religion in this time period. And, um, you know, he has a preacher and he's in, you know, the preacher is under the belief that he is un in good spirits. You know, he's reaching out to him all the time, um, you know, talking to him. And, but one of the last things Mike awesome says to the preacher is, um, you know, take care of my family. And which was kind of jarring to the preacher. And, um, eventually on the night of February 17th, Mike Awesome ends up getting into his house while his wife is out or his ex-wife maybe at this time is out of the house with friends and they're out and he gets into the house and he ends up hanging himself in their house. So Mike Awesome's wife and their friends end up coming back from being out um, one night and come back and there's Mike Awesome's body hanging. Um, and, you know, they find him dead right as they walk in. And so, uh, I mean, very, very sad. Um, what even might even be more ironically sad is the fact that Mike Awesome had previously stated when brought up about Shoshia Rai's death, I can't believe he hung himself. That's, you know, what a horrible way to go. And then Mike Awesome does it himself. And, you know, there's always been talk of, hey, it was concussions that made him do this. I mean, I don't know anything about that. All I know is obviously there were marital problems. He did that. You know, he decided it was time to go. Um, and he did it to spite her. He wanted her to find him dead. You know, doing it in her house. He wasn't living there anymore. He went into their house and he did it so that she could find him. Um, you know, feeling very like, you know, this is what you did. This is what you caused. And, um, you know, like I said, very, very, um, very sad. Um, you know, a lot of the FMW wrestlers found out the next day, my, you know, Hayabusa was heartbroken. Um, Masada Tanaka mentioned how, you know, Mike Awesome was my best friend. I can't believe, you know, he's gone. And, um, so like I said, very, it was a very, um, sad and depressing last year for Mike Awesome. Not many people know that, but, you know, things didn't really work out after wrestling ended. Um, you know, and so he took his own life and, um, he ended up getting buried in, in, uh, Tampa. Um, and so, um, like I said, it was just very sad and depressing. Um, just one of the best FNW wrestlers, uh, another one, you know, passing away. WMF would then run in Osaka on February 24th as they would continue the push of the unlikely Kitten Kid. What happened? 
Yeah, so on this show, it's going to be Soldier and Minio Fujita taking on Kinjo Takai and Kit and Kid. Uh, Kinjo Takai was an Osaka-based, uh, Osaka pro wrestler around this time period. Um, he was going under the name Pero uh, with Osaka Pro under a mask. And so Fujita ends up using a sparkler to get uh, Kitten's attention, and and then Fujita would actually use Kitten Kid's tail um, like it's like he's working on an arm, like he's t- uh, spinning, turning it around, and uh, Kitten Kid is selling it like it, it hurts. Uh, Fujita would end up hitting a Firebird Splash on the Kitten Kid with Kitten Kid kicking out, and then Fujita would end up trying to do a, a Tiger Suplex, but the Kitten Kid would end up rolling up uh, Fujita for the win. So Kitten Kid gets the win um, over Minio Fujita, and you know at this point they won the tag team tournament. Well, now they're they've split up gone their own separate ways and kitten kid is hey look i beat you i you know i'm not just some joke and that's pretty much what this was to establish hey kitten kid there's you know at this point he's a legitimate top guy like i said he's kind of semi main event main event type guy in wmf at this point the apache army would return to shinkiba on february 25th with the apache army and tpg's feud continuing what took place on the show Yes, yeah, so they would announce a sellout crowd of 350 fans at Shinkiba for this show. The semi-main event would be Junkasai, Mama Sasaki, and Tomohiko Hashimoto going up against the TGP team of Toji Makabe, uh, Tomo Okihama, and the Winger. Uh, Hama and Kasai, they've broken up as a tag team at this point, and so they go at it right away with one another. Uh, Mammoth and Hashimoto would end up doing a double choke slam to Hanma with Kasai climbing the top rope and hitting the Pearl Harbor splash. Um, Makabe and um, Hashimoto, they would end up going at it with one another with uh, Makabe hitting a clothesline on Hashimoto and then wrapping the chain around his fist and hitting Hashimoto with a lariat followed by hitting the King Kong knee drop uh, to get the win over Hashimoto and then afterwards... uh, Makabe gets on the mic and he's calling out the Apache army, uh, insulted them when Mammoth, Mammoth Sasaki goes right at him and they're fighting uh, with one another. So the Mammoth Makabe feud is not over just yet. And then um, the semi main, oh, sorry, the main event is Tetsuhiro Kuroda and uh, Takashi Sasaki. And so during this match, it's uh, Kuroda. He ends up crotching Sasaki in the, on the turnbuckle, um, but Takashi Sasaki would end up grabbing a chair and smashing it over Kuroda's head. Uh, Sasaki would then end up using the chair and um, then a barbed wire bat um, on Kuroda. Uh, Kuroda and Sasaki, they would end up exchanging suplexes, and then they would um, end up hitting clotheslines on one another. Uh, Sasaki would end up doing his Fuki Lariat, but Kuroda would end up hitting an Inzaguri kick on Sasaki, and then eventually uh, Kuroda would end up hitting two uh, Tiger Suplexes to get the win over Takashi Sasaki. And then um, afterwards, and again, you know, Takashi Sasaki is the deathmatch champion in Big Japan. Um, so he's never going to lose a deathmatch, but it's okay for him to lose a straight singles match to someone like a Tetsuhiro Kuroda who has more seniority over a Sasaki. Um, but anyway, uh, Mammoth afterwards would end up coming to the ring and he would challenge Kuroda to a match for the following month with the winner getting a shot at Makabe's uh, WEW title the following month. Atsushi Anita would announce at a press conference on March 8th that he was returning to pro wrestling after nearly two years. What promotion did he announce he was coming back for? 
Yeah, so after nearly two years uh, retired from wrestling and working as a member of the Japanese diet, uh, Onita holds a press conference and announces that he's going to be breaking his retirement vow and coming back into wrestling. Um, it's going to be for the Guts World promotion on March 18th at the Shinjuku Face in Tokyo. Uh, the Guts World promotion is a small indie promotion ran by Guts Ishijima. Um, and so Onita is going to be coming back. Um, he's still going to be a member of the Diet. Um, but at this point, he's missed wrestling so much and um, he wants to come out, come out of retirement. And like I said, uh, you know, I've said in the past, Onita, there's three retirements that really st stick out where, hey, he really intended on never coming back and he made money. Uh, you know, he held shows at Corrigan Hall or at Kawasaki Stadium where he had no intention of coming back. Um, but just after a year or so, he ends up deciding that, you know, he misses it. And that would have been, you know, the Kawasaki May, uh, May 5th, 1995 show with FMW. He really thought he was going to leave wrestling for good. But after a year or so, he missed it. This is the second one um, holding, you know, a retirement show in 2005 after graduating college. And, you know, he's going to be a member of the diet. And he didn't have time for wrestling. Well, now, two years later, you know, he's decided he wants to do it. He wants to come back. And then um, the 2017 uh, retirement show where he thought, it's just, I'm 60, I'm done for, I, I can't keep doing this. And then, you know, just a year later, coming back because he misses it so much. And, you know, but he's not coming back full-time here. It's just whenever he has the time, uh, whenever he can fit it in his schedule uh, between, you know, politics and everything, he's going to work a show, and that he, that's what this show is. He's coming back, and he's going to be the main draw of this, for this small indie promotion. Big Japan would hold a show on March 14th at Corrigan Hall with one of their most memorable main events of all time. What was the match, and what kind of match was it? Yeah, so uh, Big Japan has decided that they're going to push Yuko Miyamoto. Uh, he was, I've talked about him in the past, he was a, a WMF dojo student that Mr. Ganosuke had taught. And um, after WMF kind of shut down for about six months to reconfigure everything, come back as a smaller promotion, uh, Miyamoto decided that he didn't want to come back to WMF, and he had ended up joining up with the Onryo 666 promotion. And even though 666 is you know, either the same size or smaller promotion than WMF is, even at this time period, it allows him to be able to work Big Japan, he could work Big Japan and Apache Army shows. And so, uh, Miyamoto's been working undercard Big Japan shows for the last year or so, last two years, and they really like what they see in him, what he's willing to do, what he's willing, you know, the, he's a really good worker. And, you know, it, the only real drawback is he's still just kind of young and inexperienced. Well, Big Japan's decided, you know, we're going to kind of put the put a rocket towards him and really push him and focus and put him as one of our top guys in a long-term, in a long-term pace. And so the big thing here is he's going to have a match with Takashi Sasaki. It's going to be a construction scaffold death match. And they, you know, they gave uh, Miyamoto wins over Masada and Shadow, Shadow WX to, uh, pretty much bump him up to where he was a legitimate contender for the Big Japan Deathmatch title. Uh, and in this match, it's, you know, this is an awesome match. It's the best independent uh, wrestling match in Japan in 2007. It won, um, it won a bunch of awards for how awesome and just this match makes Miyamoto. He, is a, he becomes a star based off this match. Miyamoto would start the match knocking Sasaki out of the ring and delivering a topek on Hilo on him. Uh, Miyamoto and Sasaki, they ended up getting back in the ring and taking turns sending each other into light tubes. Uh, Sasaki would end up getting cut open early. 
but um, Sasaki would then send um, Miyamoto into the corner, and he would end up uh, beginning to like repeatedly break light tubes with kicks on Miyamoto. Um, and eventually Miyamoto would end up getting busted open, and so they're both bleeding. Um, Miyamoto would begin climbing the scaffold uh, that's on the corner at the corner of the ring, uh, and Sasaki would end up following him. Well, they begin uh, fighting on top of the scaffold with Miyamoto smashing a stack of light tubes over Sasaki's head and knocking Sasaki off the scaffold. And then Miyamoto would deliver a diving foot stop on, uh, off the scaffold onto Sasaki. And the crowd is hot. That spot right there and just everything going. Like I said, this match really makes both Miyamoto and Sasaki. And it, the crowd is really um, into this match. Miyamoto would end up setting up uh, light tubes on a stack of chairs, and then um, he would try to deliver a Hurricane Rana onto Sasaki, um, but Sasaki would end up powerbombing Miyamoto through the light tubes instead, and then Miyamu uh, Sasaki would end up trying to kick uh, a light tube up against Miyamoto's head, but Miyamoto would move out of the way and deliver a Hurricane Rana on, on, Sas on Sasaki, and then uh, Miyamoto would hold a stack of light tubes and deliver a moonsault while breaking the light tubes across uh, Sasaki. And then Miyamoto would climb the scaffold again and deliver a moonsault off the scaffold in an awesome spot. And then Miyamoto would then set up Sasaki on a table and climb the scaffold again. But this time, Sasaki would end up getting off, uh, off the table and he would end up climbing the scaffold as well. And so they're both on the on top of the scaffold in the corner of the ring, and they begin striking each other when um, Sasaki would end up grabbing Miyamoto and, in an awesome spot, hit his Dejiced off the scaffold through the table, and the crowd goes crazy for how insane this spot is. Um, Miyamoto, he would end up kicking out of that, which, um, you know, like I said, an awesome spot, but he uh, it doesn't, you know, he probably should have been pinned here, but they try and get him over by. He still can't be put away, even on such an incredible spot. Um, but Sasaki, you know, Miyamoto doesn't really deliver any more offense the rest of the match. Sasaki would end up um, breaking the light tubes against Miyamoto's head and then follow that up with a DJist on the light tubes for the win, and so Takashi Sasaki gets the win, defends the Big Japan Deathmatch title, but like I said, it's, um, you know, this is a star-making match for Miyamoto, uh, both guys are elevated, like, uh, both, um, you know, this is a very, uh, this is an awesome match that's very well remembered, and really, it, it's the match that put Miyamoto on the map and eventually um, lead to him winning the Big Japan Deathmatch title uh, a year and a half later, as well as just kind of always keeping him constantly in the main event picture in Big Japan a decade later. Atsushi Onida would make his return in pro wrestling on March 18th at Shinjuku Face for the Guts World Promotion. What kind of match was this? So this is Onida's return match for the Guts World Promotion. He's going to team up with Guts... Ishijima, uh, Katsunori uh, Toy, and uh, Naoshi Sano against Tarzan Ghetto, um, a guy that kind of that resembles Tarzan Goto, not as big, but it's it's a good you know at first sight you even kind of think it is Tarzan Goto, but it's definitely not. Uh, Shoji Nakamaki, Ichiro Yaguchi, and then a, another guy going by the name the White Mask Man. Nakamaki and Yaguchi would end up wrapping barbed wire around Onita. Um, eventually. 
Onita and Nakamaki, they would end up doing their headbutting spot that uh, Onita and Goto would do all the time, but then it kind of became as well Onita and Nakamaki in the later years would do that with one another. Um, Onita would end up pile-driving Nakamaki through a table, and then uh, Onita would then, at the end, hit a Thunderfire Powerbomb on the White Masked Man, um, and then uh, Ishijima would end up delivering a diving body press on the White Masked Man to get the win. Um, so the Onita team wins, and Onita does his Onita theater afterwards, but Onita is now, like I said, he's not full-time, it's not going to be a regular schedule or anything like that, but when he finds the time, and, um, you know, when he wants to, he's going to wrestle, at least as of right now, his mindset is, I'll wrestle when I want to, um, and, you know, help a small indie promotion out, or when I want to run my own show. The Apache Army would hold their next show on March 18th at Shinkiba, as they would begin to push some different people. What took place on the show? Yeah, so I talked about uh, Yuko Miyamoto and him now getting pushed with Big Japan. Well, uh, Apache Army, they're going to push uh, Miyamoto as well just because Big Japan's going to, you know, he's not going to just be some undercard jobber anymore that he had been previous year. So in Apache Army's going to treat him um, kind of at the same level as Big Japan will is, where as of right now, he's kind of in that semi-main event, but, you know, he's still going to lose to guys with more experience, which is a majority of most people. Well, now Miyamoto is teaming up with Jun Kasai as they go up against Takashi Sasaki and the winger. Uh, Sasaki would end up hitting Miyamoto with the barbed wire bat and then delivering a German suplex on uh, with Miyamoto landing on his feet and then kicking Sasaki. Uh, Kasai would end up uh, setting up the winger outside on a ladder while Miyamoto would end up setting Sasaki on a table outside and so Kasai would end up getting on the top turnbuckle and delivering a dive on the winger through the ladder at the same time uh, Miyamoto is hitting a moonsault sending Sasaki through a table and then um, Miyamoto would end up going for a moonsault but uh, Sasaki would end up getting up and hitting him with a barbed wire bat and then the winger would hit a senton on Miyamoto for the win and so like I said Miyamoto's still gonna lose in situations like this but now they're kind of pushing him up the card as well it, like just like Big Japan is but like I said they're not afraid for him to lose to anybody and then um the semi-main event would be Kanemura versus Daisuke Sekimoto. Uh, Sekimoto would end up suplexing Kanemura off the top rope and then setting Kanemura on a chair on the ramp of Shinkiba. And so Kanemura's on the ramp sitting on a chair as Sekimoto would come through the ropes and hit a tope on Kanemura and then uh, pick up Kanemura and hit a powerbomb uh, sending Kanemura back into the ring. Uh, Sekimoto would then go for a moonsault, which you don't see too often, but he would miss that, and then Kanemura would kick Sekimoto in the head, and followed by uh, Kanemura hitting two Death Valley bombs, and then hitting a senton for the win. Um, so, you know, the, again, Sekimoto's kind of getting pushed as well, um, but, you know, he, again, Kanemura has uh, about a decade more experience than Sekimoto, so... He, he's going to defeat, you know, at this point, he's still a bigger value name than Sekimoto is. And then um, the main event is Tetsuhiro Kuroda against Mama Sasaki. And this is for the number, uh, become the number one contender for the WEW title uh, again. Uh, Kuroda would end up going for a Shining Wizard, but Mammoth would block it. And 
Uh, Mammoth would end up going for a Lariat, but Kuroda would catch him and deliver uh, a German suplex on Mammoth. And then Kuroda would end up going for a Lariat, but Mammoth would catch him um, by the throat. And then uh, Kuroda would go low and roll up Mammoth for a Samson clutch, but Mammoth would be able to kick out. And then um, eventually Mammoth would go for the Mammoth home run, um, but Kuroda would end up ducking it and hitting a lariat on Mammoth, and then hit a Shining Wizard on him as well. But um, Mammoth would end up hitting the 29 years old, and then follow that up with uh, successfully hitting the Mammoth home run. Um, but Kuroda would no-sell that, actually, uh, completely, and then hit a lariat on Mammoth. Uh, Kuroda would try for another lariat, but Mammoth would move out of the way and just begin clocking Kuroda with punches left and right. Um, and then Mammoth would hit a lariat on Kuroda and um, then eventually hit two more 29-year-old uh, jackhammers to get the win. Um, afterwards, Kuroda would raise Mammoth's hand um, and they would hug. But this is a big win for Mammoth. This is the first time he's getting a pinfall victory over Kuroda, who he has been battling with um, for years in FMW even. And then you go back to the 2002 main event of uh, WMF Corrigan Hall show where Mammoth probably should have defeated Kuroda, but because of politics with them being in two separate promotions, um, you know, it just ended up being a double knockout. Well, you know, now we're here we are. Uh, Almost five years later, I mean, four and a half years later, and Mammoth now is finally getting the win over Kuroda to become the number one contender, and so he's going to challenge for Toji Makabe uh, WEW title once again. An independent promotion called Garaga would hold a special type of match in Sayatama on March 21st. What kind of match was it? Yeah, so this was an interesting match. Uh, this is put on by uh, Shinigami. Um, this was a, a promotion that didn't make it very long, but they had an interesting concept here, um, and they brought in some Apache guys and, and WMF guys. And um, On this show, it's Shinigami, the winger, and Masayoshi Motegi uh, going up against Hideki Osaka, Soldier, and Kinjo Takai. Uh, and pretty much what this is, is there's a minivan outside the ring, and it can be used as a weapon and, you know, um, do spots on top of the minivan outside the ring. Well, um, Soldier would end up uh, swinging at Takai with a bat and missing it, and then as a result, smash the windshield of the minivan instead. And then Motegi and Shinigami, they would end up sending Soldier into the minivan and then throw firecrackers in the minivan and close the door. So Soldier is just stuck with the firecrackers going off um, in the car with him. Um, then they would end up going and getting another car. And this is in Sayatama where it's kind of like this big giant garage where you can bring a car in the building easily. And so they go, go get another car um, and end up just ramming it into the back of the minivan, using it as a weapon, um, and then... Uh, eventually they would end up bringing another car into the building. So now there's three cars lined up with one another. Um, Kincho Takai would end up setting up uh, Shinigami on top of one car and then diving off the minivan onto Shinigami on top of another car to get the win. And so, like I said, this was an interesting concept. This promotion didn't make it very long, but um, they were trying something different here, and you know, it makes for cool video at least. Jun Kasai would promote his own Apache Army show on March 31st at Shinkiba. What took place at the show? So Jun Kasai would announce 400 fans to sell out for this show. Um, he would have uh, Jintaro take on the winger in a hardcore match. 
Um, and they brawl in the crowd right away with uh, Jintaro getting knocked down from the, uh, the ramp of the crowd. And he ends up uh, rolling down the steps. Um, J Winger would end up hitting a senton, but Jintaro would end up uh, rolling him up with a Jintaro clutch right after hit, getting hit with the senton um, out of nowhere. So Jintaro gets the win. And then the semi-main event, it's Kentaro Kanemura and Mama Sasaki taking on Toji Makabe and uh, Tomo Ak Akihama. Um, Mammoth would show real passion, again, with his strikes, just going at Makabe with left and rights at him. Um, and eventually they would ram into each other with uh, Makabe just tagging in Hama, um, which would get loud. He, the crowd you know, does not like Makabe at all. Um, eventually, Makabe and Kanemura would end up brawling outside the ring with uh, Makabe using his chain, and he ends up busting Kanemura up. Makabe would end up charging at Kanemura, and Kanemura would move out of the way, and Makabe would end up running into the turnbuckle. Uh, Kanemura would then lift up Makabe on his shoulders, and Mammoth would hit uh, the Doomsday Device, you know, with the World Warriors uh, signature spot. Mammoth would then hit a powerbomb um, on Makabe with Hama making the save with the chain, um, but Mammoth would end up striking Hama and then hitting a lariat and then the 29 years old on Hama to get the win to set up uh, Makubi versus Mammoth at the next Apache Army show for the WEW uh, title. Uh, Kasai would end up smashing a light tube over J Numazawa's head right away and then he would eventually take him into the crowd, uh, tape Numazawa up to a table, and then Kasai would climb to the top of Shinkiba like he did uh, at the Christmas Deathmatch show um, the previous year. So he's at the top of Shinkiba and dives off um, the top of the building, sending Numazawa through a table. Um, Kasai would then set up a glass board on a set of chairs and then try to suit tiger suplex numazawa when um numazawa end up end up kicking uh kasai low and then picking up kasai and hitting a death valley bomb through the glass board um so the first glass board has been broken and blood is every or glass is everywhere all over kasai's back um, Numazawa would then end up getting the other glass board and he would set Kasai under it. Kasai would get up and he would end up picking up Numazawa on his shoulders and dropping Numazawa through the other glass board. So now both guys have gone through the glass board, uh, or gone through a glass board. Kasai would end up uh, climbing a ladder and, um, but Numazawa would end up getting up and suplexing, uh, Kasai off that ladder and then... Numazawa would then end up grabbing a stack of light tubes and climbing the ladder, but Kasai would end up getting up and climbing that ladder as well, and then uh, Numazawa would smash the light tube over Kasai's head and then hit a Liger Bomb on Kasai off the ladder. Uh, Kasai would then kick uh, Numazawa and hit the slice spread number two on Numazawa and then um, go to the back. So he leaves the ring and gets another glass board where he sets it up on the stack of chairs and delivers a tiger suplex, sending Numazawa through the glass board, the third glass board, and then Kasai would, would then hit a Pearl Harbor splash off the ladder. So Kasai ends up getting the win over Numazawa for the win. So, um, you know, this is an awesome match. You know, I mean, again, it's it's been done to death at this point, especially, you know, Jun Kasai type matches. But at the, this time, uh, you know, back in 2007 or so, 
a lot of the stuff had never been really seen before or not seen as much. And Kasai really could go. Numazawa could still go at this point. Um, you know, so this match really worked and was an awesome match overall. WMF would hold a show on April 14th at Shinkiba with a Loser Leaves WMF match, as well as an angle taking place in the main event. What happened? So the Loser Leaves WMF uh, match is going to be between Kamui and Kasaku. Uh, it's going to be a barbed wire board death match. Uh, Kamui would charge at Kasaku, um, but Kasaku would end up moving out of the way, and uh, Kamui would end up going through the barbed wire board as a result. Gasaku then would end up taking a knife, and he would begin uh, stabbing at Kamui's eye through the mask. Um, Gasaku would then set up a barbed wire board, and um, but Kamui would end up um, hip-tossing Gasaku into the barbed wire board, and then Kamui would go for a moonsault with a barbed wire bat, but he would end up missing, and then Kasaku would go for a choke slam. But Kamui would end up um, rolling him up uh, with a Hurricane Rana for the win. So Kamui defeats Kasaku. So now Kasaku is going to leave the WMF promotion. Um, and, you know, again, this was a way to kind of get Kamui really his first big win in WMF since changing the gimmick or even just overall in the two years, he, two years he's been with the company. The semi-main event would then be uh, Mr. Ganesuke and Soldier teaming up against Goemon and Hideki Hosaka. Soldier would climb the top rope when Ganesuke would end up turning on Soldier and suplexing him off the top. Ganesuke, Goemon, and Hosaka would then attack Soldier with Kamui and the other WMF guys coming in to make the save as the ref would just throw the match out. Uh, Ganesuke would end up getting on the mic and insulting Soldier for thinking that he was at Ganesuke's level and then losing in the tag tournament. So Ganesuke still obviously holds bitter feelings about Soldier bragging how him and Ganesuke were the best tag team in the tag tournament and then losing. And so Ganesuke now is, um, you know, like I said, the KHM group, which will consist of Goemon and Hideki Osaka, uh, as well as Yasu Ureno. So all guys in this group are have an FNW um, a past. The main event would be Minio Vegeta versus Kitten Kid. Uh, Kitten Kid would end up hitting a Hurricane Rana on Vegeta and then delivering some strikes on Vegeta. Uh, eventually, Kitten Kid would charge at Vegeta, who would move out of the way and grab uh, Kitten Kid and pin him with a tiger suplex, and there's not much really of a match here, but again, this is just to establish Vegeta is now the top guy in WMF. The Apache Army would hold a show at Shinkiba on April 15th with a WEW world title match in the main event. What happened at the show? So on this show, uh, Kanemura takes on High 69. I talked about it last episode, how High 69 had turned on the Apache Army and joined up with the heel TPG uh, group, Sasaki, Sasaki and Makabe's group. Well, um, after, after a while, uh, High 69 now is no longer associated with them, but he's not a babyface. He's not with the Apache Army. Uh, he ends up uh, going up against Kanemura and um, ends up sending Kanemura outside the ring and hitting a tope on him. Uh, eventually, Kanemura would end up picking High 69 up and hitting a Death Valley driver and then a Sinton splash. Uh, Fuki would then end up picking High 69, High 69 up and trying to do the Fuki muscle buster, but it is not a pretty spot. I don't think Kanemura had done it ever before and never did it again, but he hits the Fuki muscle buster and gets the win over High 69. Kanemura would then end up trying to, um, you know, raise up, uh, High 69's arm in, you know, in respect, but uh, High 69 would end up attacking Kanemura and laying him out. So High 69 wants nothing to do with the Kanemura group. 
Uh, semi-main event is Takashi Sasaki and the winger going up against Jintaro and Junkasai. Uh, Sasaki would end up charging at Jintaro, who would end up uh, delivering a backflip onto uh, Sasaki on a ladder. Uh, Kasai would end up coming in and hitting Sasaki with a reverse tiger driver on that ladder. Kasai would end up climbing up the ladder, but Sasaki would end up knocking him off. Uh, and then uh, Sasaki would hit Jintaro with a barbed wire bat. And then uh, Jintaro would end up just take, taking off and just leaving Kasai by himself. And he just, I'm done with this, I'm out of here. And leaves Kasai to fight against both of them. Well, Sasaki would then end up hitting the DJ on Kasai. Followed by the winger hitting a senton splash on Kasai to get the win. So Sasaki and winger get the win. Well, then um, they then tie up uh, Kasai to the ropes. Uh, or, and then um, winger and Sasaki would begin attacking Kasai when Jintaro would come back uh, and hit Sasaki over the head with the light tube. So Jintaro makes the save even though he originally abandoned Jun Kasai. Well, then Jintaro then ties up Sasaki to the ropes, but then Kasai, who's still tied up to the ropes as well, begins yelling at, Kas at Jintaro, going, why'd you leave me? Why'd you, you know, turn your back on me and abandon me and leave me two against one here? Well, then Jintaro just decides to leave both of them tied up and just leaves the ring. So Jintaro wants really nothing to do with both the Kasai side or the Sasaki side. And then the main event is uh, Toji Makabe defending his WEW title against Mammoth Sasaki. Uh, Makabe would end up swinging at Mammoth with a tis chain, uh, with Mammoth ducking it, and then um, tr Mammoth tries to suplex Makabe, but Makabe would reverse it, but Mammoth would eventually kick Makabe low. Mammoth would then take the chain and smash it against Makabe's head, and then Mammoth would suplex Makabe who would get right up uh, and lariat Mammoth. They would both then lariat each other, and then Mammoth would hit an Inziguri and follow that up with the 29 years old, and then Mammoth would go for another lariat, but Makabe would end up ducking it and hitting a lariat of his own, followed by hitting the King Kong knee drop, and then Makabe would end up putting a chain around his arm and hitting a lariat with the chain, followed that up with the King Kong knee drop off the turnbuckle, to get the win over Mama Sasaki. So now Makabe has defeated Mama Sasaki for a second time uh, to retain the WEW uh, World Heavyweight title. Kanemura and Kuroda would come back to hustle under new gimmicks. What gimmicks were they? And what took place on the big show in Osaka on April 21st? So Kanemura and Kuroda, they're now going to go by different names and w begin wearing masks in Hustle. Um, and so Kanemura is now going to go by the name Kintaman, which is a uh, Japanese manga comic a comic book character. So you know, he, it's already a known name, and he's going to have a mask that's kind of make him look similar to the uh, Japanese character, the Japanese manga character. And Kuroda is now going to go by Kuroda Man, and I mean he's going to wear a similar mask, um, but there's no actual Kuroda Man. But um, so now they're going to go kind of it's going to give them a different aspect of their characters in Hustle. Um, so they, t and then on this show, they actually team up with Kevin Randleman and he wears a similar mask and he is going to be called Randleman. So it's Kintaman, Kurodaman, and Randleman. Um, and they end up going up against uh, Kohei Sato, uh, Giant Vobo, and Kadata Lo 2007. 
at the Osaka Prefectural Gym. Uh, Sato and Kinta, they begin exchanging strikes, and the fans are chanting K when Kohei Sato ends up striking Kinta, and they're chanting Ki when Kinta Man is striking uh, Sato. It's just this hustle tradition that they started with uh, Monster C. Uh, Randall Man would end up doing this really impressive jump to avoid a kick from Kadata, and he would end up delivering a German suplex uh, to Kadata, followed by uh, Kinta Man lifting Kadata on his shoulders and Randleman would climb up the top and hit the doomsday device uh, to in, and pin uh, Kadata to get the win. So again, this is just kind of established, hey, it's no longer Kanemura and Kuroda. It is now Kintaman and Kuroda Man, and that's going to be their gimmicks going forward in Hustle. The Apache Army would then come back two weeks later to Shinkiba on April 29th. What happened on that show? So the Apache Army would come back two weeks later. Um, they would have a match between Takashi Sasaki and Jintaro. Well, Sasaki would end up delivering a suplex on Jintaro, and then um, he would end up going for the uh, Fuyuki Lariat with Jintaro just getting up and just leaving the ring. Well, they would end up brawling. Uh, Sasaki chases after Jintaro, and they end up brawling in the crowd, uh, with Jintaro eventually putting Sasaki in the STF on the ramp. Uh, so he just waits for the referee to keep counting, and then the referee counts to 19. Well, Jintaro lets go of the move and just walks in the ring, be beating the 20 count. And so it was kind of this cheap victory um, that Sasaki is not willing to accept. So this loss of Sasaki ends up attacking Jintaro and then getting on the mic and saying that he's restarting the match and ends up ringing the bell. And then they begin brawling in the crowd again. Um... They would end up getting back in the ring, and Jintaro would kick Sasaki low and then grab the uh, Big Japan Deathmatch title and try to hit Sasaki with it, but uh, Sasaki would end up kicking Jintaro in the head and then uh, try, uh, to hit, try to do the Yuki Lariat once again, but Jintaro, as he's charging at Jintaro, Jintaro would end up uh, delivering a drop toe hold with Sasaki's head hitting the belt face first, and then Jintaro would end up rolling Sasaki up with a ghetto clutch for, uh, while holding onto the ropes, so Jintaro gets the win while acting like a heel against another heel. Then the main event is Junkasai taking on the winger in a moonlight fluorescent light tubes thumbtacks deathmatch. This is a match where they turn the lights off and uh, you know it's dark throughout the arena. Kasai would then end up swinging at the winger with the light tubes, but the winger would end up ducking it and picking Kasai up and dropping him onto the light tubes. And then the winger would end up uh, setting up light tubes on Kasai and hitting a senton as um, after all the lights, uh, the lights end up coming back on. Kasai would then end up kicking out and the winger would then try for another senton slash but miss. Kasai would then end up leaving the ring and then coming back with a bucket of, of thumbtacks and dropping them in the ring. Uh, Kasai would then end up trying for a tiger driver on the winger, but winger would end up backflipping Kasai into the thumbtacks. Uh, Kasai would eventually end up kicking the winger low and then delivering a suplex and then hitting the Pearl Harbor Splash for the win. So Jun Kasai gets his revenge win over the winger after losing to him in the upset at the deathmatch tournament. Atsushi Onita would promote his own show on April 29th in Hokkaido. What took place at the main event? 
So this is going to be the first Onita promoted show since his uh, comeback from retirement. And it's going to be a no-rope barbed wire death match with Onita teaming up with uh, Viking Taniguchi, Tarzan Ghetto, the Tarzan Goto impersonator, uh, Katsunari um, Toy, Naoshi Sano. Uh, they're going to go up against Shoji Nakamaki, Ichiro Yaguchi, Shinigami, Tomoya Moriya, and Kato Ranger. Uh, and the referee in this match, I don't know who he is, but he's obviously has some type of name value, um, because he's really kind of highlighted in this match. Um, Onida would end up smashing a chair over Nakamaki's head, and, um, Onida covers him, and this referee is just so slow at making the count. Onida would then hit a DDT on Yaguchi, and again, another slow count from the referee. Um, eventually Yaguchi would end up, uh, getting a barbed wire stick and setting it on fire, and, um... Shinigami ends up uh, holding, grabbing a hold of this referee, and Yaguchi is hinting like he's going to blow a fireball from the fire that's on the stick. He's going to blow the fireball at the referee when Onita would make the save, and Onita would end up hitting a thunder fire powerbomb on, Kat on uh, Kato Ranger to get the win. And Onita would end up doing his Onita theater and pouring water on this referee. So like I said, this I don't know who the referee is, but he obviously has some type of name value for him to be special enough for Onita to be, you know, afterwards be uh, dumping water all over him and celebrating with him. Mr. Ganesuke would begin working regularly for the Guts World Promotion. What happened in his match on May 5th at the Yokohama Red Brick Warehouse? Yeah, so Mr. Ganesuke is going to start working with for the Guts World promotion. Um, I had talked about earlier how he uh, was no longer going to be working for Union. And so this is one of the independent promotions that Mr. Ganesuke is going to be uh, working regularly for. Um, he would actually end up becoming really good friends with Guts Ishijima, the president of the Guts World promotion. It's going to be Ganesuke, uh, Minami, uh, Suzuki, and Yuji Katayo uh, going up against uh, Guts Ishijima, Daisuke, uh, Mets, uh, Masked Mystery, and uh, Suyoshi Kimura. It's, it's Ishijima would end up hitting the ring and clotheslining Ganesuke, followed by Daisuke coming into the ring and hitting a springboard elbow on Ganesuke. But um, Ganesuke would end up countering and hitting a lariat on Daisuke, followed by uh, delivering a super fire power bomb and then a fire thunder on Daisuke to get the win. And so, you know, this, uh, this was to establish Mr. Ganesuke. Um, as a one of the top heels in Guts World, and um, him and Daisuke would um, it, would end up having a really good series of matches ten years later, pretty much or nine ten years later after this. Mikami would promote his Cruisers Game Promotion show on May sixth in Shinkiba against his old rival Onryo. What happened in this match? So I talked about it in the 2005 episode. Onryo had his ten year anniversary uh, match against Mikami in his home promotion uh, in 666, and Onryo would defeat Mikami. Well, two years later, Mikami now wants to face off against Onryo in a promotion he started up called Cruiser's Game, and it's going to be a singles match um, between the two, and um, Onryo is just covered in powder in this match, so right away they're going at it, and um, Onryo would use uh, both his own ladder and Mikami's ladder to try to tighter suplex Mikami off of both of them while standing on both of them, but Mikami would end up delivering this really bad-looking Hurricane Rana off the ladders instead. Andrea would use uh, both his own ladder and Mikami's ladder to try to tighter suplex Mikami off of both of them 
while standing on both of them, but Mikami would end up delivering this really bad-looking Hurricane Rana off the ladders instead, and then uh, Mikami would end up climbing up the top of his ladder and hitting a 450 splash and making the cover, but Anryo would end up catching the referee's hand to prevent him from hitting the, uh, the, making the three count. Um, Anryo would come back and hit a tombstone pile driver and then follow that up with a tiger driver while standing on the two ladders, and then... Anrio would uh, would end up doing a stomp off of both uh, Anrio and Mikami would end up climbing up their e their individual ladder and uh, Mikami would end up hitting a drop kick off his ladder knocking Anrio off his ladder and then uh, Mikami would then end up putting Anrio between his purple ladder and Mikami would cl climb up his uh, Mikami's ladder and deliver a swanton bomb off the ladder and end up getting the win over Onryo. So two years later, Mikami gets his win back over Onryo at his own show. WMF would hold a show on May 19th at Shikiba with new factions in the promotion. What took place in the main event? So the main event of this show is Mr. Ganesuke, Goemon, and Hideki Osaka, the KHM team, going up against the WMF team of Soldier, Minio Fujita, and Kinjo Takai. Um, Ganesuke would end up cutting open Soldier early on, but uh, Ganesuke would go for a lariat with Soldier um, moving out of the way and spearing Ganesuke. Uh, Minio Fujita would then deliver a dropkick, sending Ganesuke to the outside, and um, Fujita would end up diving off the top rope onto him. Uh, Soldier would then end up going for the BUU, uh, but Fujita would end up coming to the ring and um, supposedly uh, blowing a fireball. They end up editing this really weird where you can't even really see what happened, um, and you can't really tell if that was an actual fireball, but apparently Fujita blows a fireball at Soldier, so Fujita has turned on Soldier, and um, Fujita would then deliver a flying dropkick to Soldier, followed by Ganesuke finishing off, uh, him off with a Fire Thunder for the win. So the KHM team have not only not defeated Soldier, but now they have a new member. The WMF guys like Kamui, uh, Kitten Kid would hit the ring, but the KH guys would end up clearing the ring of them. And so now the KH team is KHM team is going to be Ganesuke, uh, Goemon, Hideki Osaka, Yas Yasu, Urena, and uh, Minio Fujita. Um, eventually, the WMF guys are back. The KHM guys leave the ring, and the WMF guys are back in the ring when Ricky Fuji comes to the ring, and he agrees to join up with the WMF team to take on the, the heel KHM team. 666 would hold a show in Saitama on May 20th. What was noteworthy from this show? Ended up placing an iron claw on George Bu W. Bush and Osama Bin Laden. Um, yeah, so this is a pretty infamous match for 666. It has Crazy SKB, Hiroshima, and Junkasai going up against George W. Bush, Osama Bin Laden, and Saddam Hussein. All three of these guys obviously are just uh, probably Japanese wrestlers with mask uh, with mask of Bush. Bin Laden and Hussein on. Uh, this is a bamboo stick match as well. Um, all and Bush, Bin Laden, and Hussein all come to the ring with guns in their hand. Um, SKB he comes to the ring with exploding fireworks and he goes into the crowd. He starts walking and the fans have to get out of the way because he's got ex just all this firecrack just going off. Um, and he ends up going to this. Uh, he ends up going to the scaffold and begins climbing up it. That's where the announcers, um, they uh, where they are and. 
he ends up so he begins climbing up the scaffold while the match starts and all the wrestlers they're brawling in the crowd and skb he sets up he begins setting the scaffold on fire with the fireworks that he has um and the some of these wrestlers that are not in the match they begin pushing the scaffold to the ring as it's as this as the scaffold that skb is on is now just on is just set with fireworks just going off on it um skb would then bring out um a cardboard with uh skb would then bring out this cardboard box that's um made to look like great kajika's house it has great kajika's face on it and it's like it's like a house but it's uh, so it's some kind of resemblance to great kajika's house um, this causes Great Kajika to come to the ring, as SKB would end up setting this house, this cardboard box of making looking like Kajika's house on fire, and it look it is caught completely on fire with the fireworks. Um, Kasai would then get on the mic and ask for Kajika to uh, to take over for SKB. SKB would end up going to the back and leaving the match. Uh, Kojika would now inter- insert himself into the match, and he ended up placing an iron claw on George Bo- W. Bush and Osama Bin Laden. Um, SKB would then come back, and he has this vest on, and uh, Kojika would end up lighting SKB's vest on fire, and all these firecrackers just begin going off all over SKB's um, vest. And he would end up getting onto the top rope, doing a flip over on Saddam Hussein, and SKB would end up um, getting the win, and um, and then going out to the ring and begin squirting lighter fluid on the cardboard box that's made to look like Kajika's house, and cause it on, and then... Um, set it on fire and it just is engulfing flames so this is one of those crazy matches that 666 is best known for jintaro's direction would continue to change in the apache army what would happen on may 26th at shinkiba so the semi-main event of this show is Kentaro Kanemura teaming up with Daisuke Sekimoto going up against Mama Sasaki and Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and this is to determine the number one contenders for the WEW Tag Team titles. Uh, Sekimoto, he would end up delivering a tope to the outside on both Mammoth and Kuroda, and then Kanemura would follow that up by delivering Asai Moonsaults onto all of them outside the ring. Uh, Mammoth and Sekimoto, they get back in the ring and they begin exchanging clotheslines to one another before Mammoth would eventually end up knocking Sekimoto down uh, on the mat, but Sekimoto would end up getting up and delivering a clothesline to Mammoth. Uh, Sekimoto then would end up picking up uh, Kuroda with a German suplex, um, but Kuroda would end up kicking Sekimoto low and then rolling him up with a Samson clutch, but Kanemura would end up making the save for Sekimoto, and then Kanemura would end up trying to deliver a powerbomb onto Kuroda. Um, Kuroda would end up flipping him over, and the bell rings, and it's a 30-minute time limit draw, and so there is no winner. ends up. Um, they're going to have to determine a number one contender for the WWE Tag Titles the following month. And then the main event is um, Junkasai versus Takashi Sasaki versus Jintaro. Um, Jintaro in this match, he would end up getting on the mic and saying that he doesn't want to even be in this match. And he ends up walking to the back. Um, just gonna, he's going to leave the ring, but Sasaki would end up running to get him and throw him back in the ring. Uh, Sasaki would end up charging at Jintaro with the Fuki Lariat um, when the winger would end up uh, jumping on the apron and kneeing Sasaki and, and flipping him off. So the winger then would end up hitting a, a diving su- senton on Sasaki, followed by Jintaro hitting a shooting star press to get the win over Takashi Sasaki. So 
At this point, um, Jintaro is becoming the number one heel. He's kind of taking Takashi Sasaki's spot as the heel member going up against the Apache Army as um, they're kind of softening up Takashi Sasaki. And now, and going forward, Jintaro and the Winger are going to be the top heels in the promotion. Mr. Pogo and Matsunaga's rivalry would continue for Pogo's WWS promotion in Gunma on May 28th. What happened there? So this is going to be the first time that Mr. Pogo and Matsunaga are facing off against each other in a singles match in nearly nine years. Uh, Matsunaga, he would end up attacking Pogo right away as Pogo is making his entrance to the ring. Uh, Matsunaga rushes and begins attacking him. He begins stabbing him in the forehead. Well, when they finally make it back to the ring the, and the match starts, the lights go out. This is going to be a, um, like a moonlight, darkness, death match. Um, Pogo would end up using his sickle, and it's actually a glow in the dark sickle um, so you can kind of see what's going on and um, they would end up fighting outside where uh, Matsunaga would climb to the second floor and begin begin wrapping his chain around Pogo and um, begin to hang Pogo um, they eventually they would make it back to the ring and Pogo would end up blowing a fireball at Matsunaga and then trying to wrap his chain around over or around Matsunaga's neck but um, Matsunaga would end up fighting back and putting a chain, the chain around Pogo's neck instead and then throwing him over the top with the referee stopping the match for the Matsunaga win. So I'm sure it was just in a business agreement of, hey, Matsunaga, you know, our rivalry will make money for my little small promotion. You come in, but I'm going to get you to, I'm willing to put you over here. You get the win um, to make you happy. And, you know, hey, I'm going to get, Pogo's probably like, I'm going to make good money based off this rivalry, um, our first singles match in nine years. WMF would continue the KHM versus WMF feud on June 9th at Shinkiba. What took place on this show? So the main event of this show is Soldier uh, Kinjo Takai and Kamui, the WMF team, t going up against Mr. Ganesuke, Manio Fujita, and Yasu Ureno, the KHM heel team. And Fujita, who having just turned, is acting like a complete heel here. He's spitting water at his opponents in their face. Um, in this match, Ganesuke, he ends up hitting a super power bomb on Kamui off the top rope. And then Fujita would end up finishing Kamui off with a downburst to get the win. So afterwards, uh, Takai would end up challenging Fujita to a singles match on the next show, and Fujita would end up spitting some uh, type of substance in Takai's face. I don't know if it was mist or water. I couldn't really tell. But um, So F WMF is really focusing on Fujita here as the main focus, even though now he's a part of the heel group going against the WMF team. The Apache Army would hold a show at Shinkiba on June 10th with Kanemura and Kuroda, taking on Mammoth and Sakimoto. What happened? So the main event of this show is going to be Kentaro Kanemura and Tetsuhiro Kuroda, the FNW team, going up against Mama Sasaki and Daisuke Sekimoto. Um, Sekimoto would end up delivering a tope onto Kanemura and Kuroda on the outside, and um, Mammoth and Sasaki, Mammoth and Sekimoto, they would end up taking turns deadlifting Kanemura and, for a suplex. Eventually, Kanemura would end up grabbing a chair and smashing it over Mammoth's head and giving him a couple strikes before hitting a lariat to get the win. Um, afterwards, Kanemura and Mammoth would hug. Uh, this was, again, to determine the number one WEW tag team titles uh, contendership, but neither Kanemura and Kuroda would actually never end up challenging for the WEW tag title, so this would all kind of be pointless in, in the long run. 
Atsushi Onita would end up being caught in a political scandal in June of 2007 that would force him to resign from his position in the Japanese diet. What happened? So Onita originally announced on June 23rd that he was going to retire from politics. Um, he had been working for the last six years as part of the House of Counselors, which is the upper uh, upper portion of the Japanese Diet, the Japanese Senate. And there, when he was elected in July 2001, uh, you know, he's supposed to uh, serve six years, and um, it's June 2007, so he's almost up at the six-year point and gonna have to go up for re-election. Well, he announces, you know, he's retiring. He doesn't want to be a part of politics anymore, um, being a part of the House of Counselors, um, and he's on, he is more, they're at the liberal side of the Japanese diet. Onita stated that his position as part of the House of Counselors was not a popular branch with Prime Minister Abe, who was a who was right wing, and with the House of Counselors being more towards the uh, towards the left wing, um, and you know, so they were dealing with issues all the time with Abe and um, the House of Representatives, which is a lower branch on the Japanese Diet. They were more towards the right wing, and so there's just all these issues going about with um, you know the Prime Minister always siding with the House of Representatives, which is a lower uh, branch in the Japanese Diet than the House of Counselors, which is what Onita is a part of. So Onita's just going, I want nothing to do with this anymore. Uh, you know, it's been six years. I just don't want want to run again, and I don't. I just I'm going to retire, and I'm just done with politics. Well, then, so that's June 23rd. Well, then the tabloids come out the ne very next day on June 24th, and they announce the real reason Onita has resigned is because he knows there's a photograph and information out there that he as as well as a woman that's working for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Tourism, which is a very high up position. They're responsible for one third of the laws in Japan. And it's announced that um, Onita and her have gotten together and then Onita, they went out to a cabaret club uh, at eight o'clock on June 15th and that Onita used government funds at the cabaret and then gave a, cabaret, a 19 year old cabaret hostess uh, money to come back to with them to Onita's apartment and have a threesome. So, it, and there's a picture out there that on the tabloids. So there's proof, and you know it comes out. Onita's been using government funds to set up him to him for him and another woman to bring in another woman to have a threesome. So Onita knows sees the writing on the wall and just announces he's retiring from politics altogether. So at this point Onita sees the writing on the wall and knows that there's even no, there's no point in even trying to rerun um for uh, the Japanese diet that he's just finished at this point and it might as well just, you know we're one month away from finishing up anyway so might as well just get out now. The Apache Army would return to Corrigan Hall on June 24th for the climax of the one-year Kanemura versus Maccabee feud. What took place on the show? So this is going to be the big Apache Army show of the year. Uh, they end up announcing a 1,200 fans, so it's still, you know, obviously notable in empty seats, but this is just where Apache Army is at this point. Um, this, Like I said, it's their big show of the year. It draws about the same of what they drew for their big show in April of last year uh, for the New Japan versus Apache Army feud with Liger and uh, Jado and Ghetto. And so um, this is their big show of the year because they've been building up for nine months, Toji 
Maccabee just running through the entire Apache Army roster. He's defeated Kanemura twice. Well, now this is going to be Kanemura's last shot for the WEW title going up against Maccabee. Um, and so this is pretty much Kanemura's last shot at uh, winning the title. And um, in the undercard, they would have uh, Junkasai and Jackie Numazawa. They have to uh, win a match before they can earn a shot at the WEW tag team titles later on the show. They have to defeat uh, Takashi Sasaki and Yuko Miyamoto in the first match. And in this match, Kasai and Sasaki, they end up brawling in the crowd right away. Uh, Miyamoto would end up setting Numazawa up on a table on the outside and deliver a moonsault off the top turnbuckle, sending Numazawa through the table. Well, Kasai I would end up coming back and he would end up setting Miyamoto on a table and delivering a splash, sending Miyamoto through the table on the outside. And then, um, Kasai would end up bringing Miyamoto back in the ring, and he tries for a Pearl Harbor splash, but Miyamoto would end up moving out of the way, and then when Miyamoto tries to hit a moonsault on Kasai, uh, Numazawa would end up coming uh, back in on the apron and smashing a stack of light tubes uh, that he had gotten from under the ring over Miyamoto's head. Miyamoto then tries to come back, and he delivers a handspring elbow, but Numazawa would end up catching him and rolling him up for the pin. So Numazawa and Kasai advanced to uh, challenge for the WEW tag titles later on in the show. Another undercard match on this show is Tetsuya Naito going up against Yusaku Obata. Naito, um, at this point, is just a young boy uh, in New Japan, and obviously he'd become a much bigger name at this point, um, but this is still his early days. Same thing for Obata. Um, he had came in through uh, Kaiyantai Dojo, left the promotion, and joined up with Kanemura, and he was kind of Kanemura's young boy. Um, he would follow Kanemura for several more years, up until um, Zero One would end up uh, bringing Obata in, and eventually he'd become one of the top stars in Zero One. Um, but at this point, they're both still young boys in this match. Um, Naito would end up hitting a flying dropkick on Obata, but Obata would end up coming back with an exploder. Obata would then charge at Naito, who would grab Obata and slam him, and then put him in a Boston Crab to make Obata tap out. And so Naito would end up getting the win. He looks for a handshake from Obata, who would end up just shoving him. And then Naito, as he's leaving the ring, High 69 would come out and begin attacking Naito, and the two would uh, begin fighting to the back. I don't think this ended up going anywhere, but I think they had maybe some plans for High 69 going up against Naito, like at a lockup show or something like that. And then uh, Junkasai and Jackie Numazawa, now they're going to challenge for the WEW Tag Team titles against Jintaro and the winger. Uh, Kasai would have the winger pin, but Jintaro would end up attacking the referee and grabbing a chair and smashing it over Junkasai's head when uh, Takashi Sasaki, he would end up making the save and grabbing the chair and kicking Jintaro. Uh, so, so Sasaki now is turning face here. Um, Sasaki would end up putting the referee shirt on as Kasai would end up hitting a Pearl Harbor splash on the winger uh, with Sasaki, with the referee outfit on. He ends up uh, making the three count for them and handing the belts to Kasai and Numazawa. So like I said, Sasaki now has turned face. Jintaro now is the main heel in the promotion. And um, Jackie Numazawa and Jun Kasai are now the WEW Tag Team Champions. And Sasaki and Kasai are now on respectable terms uh, compared to the past year where Sasaki has just been a complete heel to everyone uh, in the Apache Army. And then the main event 
It's going to be Kentaro Kanemura versus Toji Makabe. Like I said, this is Kanemura's last shot for the WEW uh, heavyweight title. Makabe would end up knocking Kanemura outside the ring, and he begins using his chain with, with while he punches Kanemura. Uh, they would end up brawling in the crowd, um, and Kanemura would end up grabbing an umbrella from the, some someone in the crowd, and he begins uh, using it to cut open Makabe. Um, they would end up both going into the back, kind of hiding for a minute, and then they would come back, and then they would come back uh, to ringside and both are bleeding. Uh, Makabe would end up wrapping his chain around Kanemura with Kanemura having to grab uh, Makabe and flipping him over uh, and then Kanemura wraps the chain around uh, Makabe's neck uh, to, and this gets a big pop here. Kana, you know, Makabe finally getting some of his own medicine getting choked out by his own chain. Uh, Makabe would end up escaping using a jawbreaker and then he begins punching Kanemura with the chain and then um, Makabe would end up charging at Kanemura with the chain and Kanemura would move out of the way and Makabe would hit the turnbuckle uh, as a result and then Kanemura would end up hitting a moonsault and then delivering a senton on Makabe. Um, Makabe would find like a second win. He ends up getting back, getting up and he's now looking like he's gonna put away Kanemura. He ends up hitting a lariat with the chain and then he tries for the King Kong knee drop off the top rope but he ends up missing. Kanemura moves out of the way. Makabe and Kanemura would then begin exchanging uh, strikes with one another, with Makabe knocking Kanemura down. Uh, Makabe would then wrap his chain around his arm, uh, but Kanemura would end up ducking Makabe's lariat and kicking Makabe low, and then wrapping the chain around his neck, and then hitting Makabe with the Death Valley Bomb, but Makabe kicks out at two. Kanemura would then set up a stack of chairs and then hit another Death Valley Bomb on Makabe on the set of chairs to get the win, so Kanemura finally defeats Makabe. He's Kanemura wins the WEW championship. Um, Makabe would begin stomping at Kanemura and attacking him as Mammoth Sasaki would rush to the ring and make the save. And then Mammoth gets on the mic and he challenges Kanemura for a title shot uh, at the WEW title. And they end up and then they end the show doing the Team No Respect dance. So, like I said, this was the big show of the year for the Apache Army. Kanemura, after losing two separate times to Makabe uh, last year. He finally has defeated Makabe, and now Kanemura has brought the WEW title back to the Apache Army. WMF would continue the WMF versus KHM feud on June 30th in Shinkiba with an interesting stipulation. What happened on the show? So this is going to be an alcohol death match. And um, it's going to be Soldier, Ricky Fuji, Kamui, and Kinkaro Hoshino, the WMF team, taking on the KHM team of Mr. Ganosuke, Goemon, Hideki Osaka, and Yasu Ureno. And the stipulation here is at the start of the match, um, everyone has to chug alcohol uh, in the entrance uh, ramp. And then as the match goes on, um, every couple minutes, there's going to be this bell that rings, and they all have to rush to chug down another uh, alcoholic beverage, and they have a certain amount of time. Um, and they don't chug a whole uh, chug a whole glass by the time they um, by the time is up, then they are eliminated from the match. And so, like Ricky Fuji, he's in the match and he's wrestling when the bell goes off, and then he can't make it to the stage to get his drink, so he ends up getting eliminated. 
Uh, Goemon, he would end up getting eliminated when he his drink would be some weird green uh, beverage, and he just takes a sip and he's like, it's not worth it, and he just he um, ends up getting eliminated because he just refuses to drink it. Um, Hosaka, he would end up giving some wine to Hoshino, and they would uh, chug the wine together. But then Hosaka would end up kicking Hoshino uh, while he's drinking, and then finish him off at the lariat. Um, to get the win, and so uh, the KHM team gets the win in this interesting match, and it, um, you know, it for a semi-main event match and for WMF at the level they are, it actually was semi-popular. Um, it kind of got over with just being such an interesting match that you don't see every day. And then the main event, it's uh, Mineo Fujita taking on Kinjo Takai, um, and in this match, uh, they end up brawling in the crowd. Ganesuke, he ends up helping uh, Fujita cut open Takai, and then eventually uh, Ganesuke would end up coming in the ring while Ureno is distracting the referee, and Ganesuke ends up hitting a powerbomb on Takai, followed by Fujita hitting a downburst for the win, so Vegeta gets the win over Takai. Uh, Kitten Kid would end up rushing to the ring and getting on the mic and challenging Mr. Ganesuke to a tag match at the next WMF show. Lockup would hold a show on July 1st in Toyahashi with the Apache Army wrestlers facing off against the New Japan wrestlers in a battle royal. What happened in the Battle Royal? All the Apache Army guys, they go after Shiro Koshinaka right away. They all get on top of him to eliminate him early on. Um, Mammoth Sasaki and Makabe, they would end up tossing out each other. Um, Kanemura and Toru Yano, they would end up being the last ones left in the Battle Royal. Uh, Kanemura would grab a chair and swing at Yano, but Yano would end up kicking the chair in Kanemura's face, and then Yano would powerbomb Kanemura to get the pin, to get the win in the Battle Royal. Um, all the GBH uh, members, which is a stable in uh, New Japan, they would all in standing over Kanemura afterwards with Yano challenging Kanemura for a WWE title match at the next lockup show on July 20th. 29th. So Yano is now going to challenge, be the first challenger for Kanemura's WEW uh, title. So this is going to be promoted under Ganesuke's own um, name, so it's not going to be under WMF, so it's going to be a little different. He's going to be able to bring in some different people. There's still going to be some WMF wrestlers on this show, but um, he's also going to bring in Ice Ribbon Girls. He's going to bring in Outsiders, and then the big draw here is that he's bringing in Jintaro from the Apache Army promotion. So this is the first time in over th uh, three years that Ganesuke and the Apache Army, they're working together in a way of the Apache Army letting one of their wrestlers work a Ganesuke show, as long as it's not WMF. Um, Gasaku, he returns, so he lost a Loser Leaves WMF match back in April. While he can wrestle on a Ganesuke show, he ends up taking on Abdullah Kobayashi, so, you know, again, bringing in a big Japan wrestler, which WMF is not doing. Um, and in this match, they brawl in the crowd. Uh, Gasaku would end up using his knife to the eye of Kobayashi. Um, Gasaku would then try to use it again, but Kobayashi would end up striking him, and then Kobayashi would end up um, using using a barbed wire bat and delivering a flying elbow drop um, on Gosaku to get the win. And so, like I said, Gosaku, he is going to specifically work Ganesuke only shows. He's no longer working WMF. And then the main event is Mr. Ganesuke and Goemon going up against Dick Togo and Jintaro. Like I said, Jintaro is an Apache Army guy. Uh, Dick Togo is a freelance guy who hasn't worked WMF at all. Um, in this match, uh, Togo would end up delivering a super kick to Ganesuke's head, and then 
and delivering a pedigree, but or trying to deliver a pedigree, but Ganesuke would end up picking him up and hitting a, a reverse fire thunder on to go. Um, Ganesuke would end up trying to hit a power bomb on to go, but to go would end up uh, flipping him over for a sunset flip, um, and Ganesuke would end up following that up by delivering a headbutt to Dick to go's crotch, and Ganesuke would then end up hitting a power bomb on Dick to go, but Jintaro would kick Ganesuke in the head, and then uh, Dick to go then would go for a lariat, but Ganesuke would end up catching him and uh, delivering a Ganesuke clutch to go having to kick out. Ganesuke would then end up tagging Goemon in, and Goemon would lariat to go. But uh, Goemon would then try pinning to go, and he would end up rolling up Goemon and then putting him in a cross face with Goemon tapping out. So Dick to go and Jintaro end up getting the win. Afterwards, uh, Ganesuke would shake Jintaro and uh, to go's hand. So uh, you know, there's gonna um, Ganesuke is gonna be allowed to bring in Apache guys um, going forward for his own specific Ganesuke only show, Ganesuke promoted shows. Um, WMF still remains the same as far. As um, you know, no Apache guys are not allowed to work that promotion. The Apache Army would return to Corrigan Hall on July 20th. What happened on the show? So they come back to Corrigan Hall just less than a one month later. They announce 1,100 fans. Um, it to me, it's noticeably smaller a crowd than the previous month, even though they announced only a hundred less fans for this show. Um, so one of the matches is Tetsuhiro Kuroda going up against Don Fuji, who's best known probably as Sumo Fuji and Toriyumon and Dragon Gate. Um, they would brawl in the crowd uh, with Kuroda throwing Fuji at the announcer's table that's set up on the stage. Um, Kuroda throws Fuji at the announcer's table, and Fuji ends up taking out a fan. He just This fan gets wiped out from his seat and uh, is just laying on the ground uh, or laying on the stage loving the fact that Don Fuji just wiped him out. Um, they would end up not making it back into the ring and they would both be double counted out well the match would end up getting restarted and they would both end up hitting each other with lariats and then Kuroda would end up kicking a Fuji low and then hitting Fuji with a chair and rolling him up with for the Samson clutch so Kuroda defeats Fuji and then in the semi-main event, it's Takashi Sasaki going up against Jintaro. Jintaro would end up uh, taking Sasaki out of the ring and setting him up, uh, putting him on, in a figure four outside the ring on the floor. Jintaro's gimmick is win by any means necessary. Try and hold his opponent out of the ring till the 19 count and rush back in at the 20 count. So he puts Sasaki in the figure four, but Sasaki ends up making it back in the ring before the 20 count. The winger would end up uh, interfering for Jintaro. He ends up grabbing Sasaki's leg during the match. And then Jintaro would end up shoving Sasaki into the referee, Nikon Lee, uh, and knocking her out. And then Jintaro would kick Sasaki low. And Jintaro and the winger would double-team Sasaki. Uh, Jintaro would end up hitting an elbow drop. And then the winger uh, would end up picking up Nikon Lee for her to make the count. Well, Sasaki would kick out he'd and, and fight back. And um, he would hit a lariat and then a kick to the head and then a suplex. But he would go. But then he would go for a kick to the head on um, Jintaro, and Jintaro would end up moving out of the way and rolling Sasaki up with a Jintaro clutch for the win. So Jintaro gets the upset win over his former tag team partner. And then the main event, it's Kentaro Kanemura and Masato Tanaka going up against Mama Sasaki and Koei Sato. So it's an Apache Army. 
uh, teaming up with Zero One versus Apache Army Zero One uh, teams. Uh, they would end up brawling to the outside. Uh, Sato would end up putting a chair over Tanaka's head, and Mammoth would hit the Mammoth home run on Tanaka, with Tanaka falling into the bleachers. Uh, Mammoth would then try for a lariat, but Tanaka would end up ducking, uh, ducking it and suplexing Mammoth. Kanemura and Tanaka would then hit dueling frog splashes, and then Kanemura would try to hit a moonsault, but uh, Sato would end up coming over and picking Kanemura up and hitting a German suplex on Kanemura, followed by Mammoth hitting a lariat and then uh, hitting a 29 years old on Kanemura for the win. So Mammoth pins uh, Kanemura to set himself up to be a challenger for the WEW Championship. Uh, Mammoth would then get on the mic and challenge Kanemura to a WEW title shot uh, at the next Corgan Hall show, which is scheduled for September 23rd. WMF would continue their KHM versus WMF feud on July 21st at Shinkiba. Tell us what happened on the show. So Kitten Kid is teaming up with Soldier here, taking on Mr. Ganasuke and Goemon. Uh, Ganasuke and Goemon, they jumped the Kitten Kid right away during his entrance. Uh, Goemon would end up holding on to the kid, Kitten Kid's tail as Ganasuke just runs right into it, and Kitten Kid is selling it like it's it's injured, you know, as it as it's hurting him. Um, Ganasuke would end up picking Kitten Kid up for a fire thunder, but the ki- but Kitten Kid would end up escaping from it and then shoving Ganasuke into the referee. Um, Ganasuke would hit uh, finally hit the fire thunder on Kitten Kid, but there's no referee to make the three count. And then Ganasuke would go for a praying powerbomb, but the Kitten Kid would end up uh, doing a sunset flip, rolling Ganasuke over and getting the three count. And so Kitten Kid has defeated Mr. Ganasuke. Well, Ganasuke gets up right away and begins stomping at Kitten Kid and then pulling out a pair, uh, some scissors, and he ends up cutting the Kitten Kid's tail off. And Kitten Kid is selling it like this is extreme pain here as uh, Ganasuke walks off with Kitten Kid's tail after losing to him. And then the main event is Neo Fujita and Yasu Ureno taking on Kamui and Kinjo Takai. Uh, Kamui would end up hitting a Firebird Splash on Fujita, and then he would uh, set up uh, Fujita on his shoulders, but Fujita would end up hitting a Reverse Hurricane Rana to get the win over Kamui. So Fujita kind of has Kamui's number here as he's um, repeatedly defeating Kam- uh, Kamui pretty much almost every show here. So again, they're pushing Fujita as the top guy, even though he's the heel... Uh, He's the heel in the promotion. Lockup would hold a show at Corrigan Hall on July 29th with Kanemura's first WEW title defense. Can you tell us what happened? So Kanemura is going to defend the WEW title against Tori Yanu on this show. Um, they end up brawling all over Corrigan Hall at first. Uh, Kanemura ends up smashing Yanu's head against the wall of Corrigan Hall. Uh, they eventually come back to the ring, and they are just covered in blood. Uh, both their faces are just uh, covered in blood. Uh, Makabe, Hama, and Tenzan, they're all with Yanu. They all end up inter- interfering during this match and attacking Kanemura. Uh, Kanemura eventually ends up fighting back, and he hits a Death Valley bomb on Yanu on a stack of chairs. Uh, that's what put Makabe away, and then uh, the previous month, well, and then he ends up putting Yanu in the STF, well, Yanu ends up escaping from it, and Kanemura goes for a moonsault, but as he's climbing the top rope, Yanu would grab him and hit a German suplex on him, and then Yanu would kick Kanemura low and hit a spine buster on him for the win, so Yanu now has defeated Kanemura for the WEW Championship, so the, the title is back in New Japan's hands, 
hands. Um, Mama Sasaki would end up rushing to the ring and attack Yano, um, kind of clearing the ring of the New Japan guys. And Mama Sasaki would challenge Yano for the WEW title at uh, the Apache Army show uh, in September. So Kanemura's title run ends after just a little over a month. Um, there was no real plans on him being like a long-term champion. They ju he just wanted to get the big win on the big show, finally defeating Maccabi. Um, and at this point, he's actually going to start to phase himself down the card. He's not going to really uh, main event too much as far as Apache Army, uh, Corrigan Hall shows or anything like that. Kasai, Mama Sasaki, Takashi Sasaki, they're going to be pushed more towards the top. And Kanemura's going to kind of move himself down to the semi-main event or mid-card matches. The Apache Army would run three straight shows from August 15th to August 17th at Shinkiba. What happened on these shows? So the first show on August 15th would have Jintaro dressed up as Takashi Sasaki and the winger dressed up as Junkasai. And uh, winger has Junkasai's goggles on over his face so you can't even really see the winger's face during this match. Um, and they, this is to completely mock Sasaki and Kasai. They work really slow. Uh, the winger would end up going to the second rope for a Pearl Harbor splash and end up missing it. And then they both don't make the 10 count and it's ruled a double KO and so this is just do done to mock uh, Sasaki and Kasai. Well, uh, Kasai and Sasaki would then have an actual match on the show. Uh, it's a barefoot thumbtacks death match. They would end up both taking their pants off and during this match. Uh, Kasai would end up slamming Sasaki in the thumbtacks, and then Kasai would then end up missing a Pearl Harbor splash into the thumb, and so he would end up splashing himself into the thumbtacks, and Sasaki would end up dropping Kasai feet first into the thumbtacks and then hitting a lariat on him for the win. Then on the next show on August 16th, Mama takes on Jintaro. Well, Jintaro is, take, is stalling. He doesn't want to have this match. He, so he takes a good portion of the match trying to avoid Mammoth. And then when they finally start fighting, uh, Jintaro is just trying to get Mammoth counted out, keep him out of the ring. Eventually, uh, Jintaro um, would just walk out and just wait for the time limit to expire, and that's what would happen. Uh, as soon as the bell is about to ring, Jintaro flips Mammoth off, and the time, the 20 minute time limit expires, and Jintaro walks off, laughing that Mammoth Sasaki couldn't defeat him. And then in the main event, it's Junkasai and Jackie Numazawa defending the WWE tag titles against Ryuji Ito and Takashi Sasaki. Uh, Sasaki would end up sending Numazawa into the barbed wire board, and then uh, Kasa uh, Sasaki would then end up kicking a light tube over Junkasai's head. Uh, Numazawa would end up making the save for Kasai. Uh, eventually, Sasaki would go for a Fuki Lariat, and Kasai would end up catching his arm and hitting uh, a Tiger Driver on Sasaki to get the win. In. So Kasai kind of gets his win back, or it ties it up one to one in their, this series of matches they're having. Then on the last show on August 17th, Mama Sasaki and Daisuke Sekimoto would team up uh, to take on Tetsuhiro Kuroda and Jintaro. Uh, Kuroda would end up hitting a Mammoth with a Shining Wizard, but Sekimoto would make the save by picking up uh, Kuroda and deadlift suplexing him, followed by Mammoth hitting the 29 years old to get the win over Kuroda. Jintaro then would end up uh, going over to Kuroda and, giving, and handing him some milk, telling him to drink it to get stronger, with Kuroda responding by pouring the milk all over Jintaro's head. Uh, Jintaro, the winger, and High 69 would then attack Kuroda. 
uh, with Mammoth and Daisuke Sekimoto having to make the save, Kuroda. Then in the main event, it's Takashi Sasaki versus uh, Jun Kasai in a glass board deathmatch. Kasai would send Sasaki into the glass board right away and then um, set Sasaki on a table in the crowd as Kasai would end up climbing up to the top of Shinkiba and diving off the top of Shinkiba, sending Sasaki through the table. Um, Sasaki would then end up pulling out Kinzons, uh, but, Kasai, but Kasai would end up suplexing Sasaki headfirst into the Kinzons, with the Kinzons sticking to Sasaki's head once again. Uh, Kasai would then end up hitting a Pearl Harbor splash on uh, the second glass board, crashing the board on uh, Takashi Sasaki, and then Kasai would end up hitting two fire, or sorry, two Tiger drivers, and then hitting a Pearl Harbor splash on Takashi Sasaki to get the win. WMF would hold their fifth year anniversary show on August 25th at Shinkiba, with Goddess Gay facing off against Kitten Kid in a singles match. What happened there? So it's going to be Mr. Ganesuke versus Kitten Kid in a singles match. Um, one month after Ganesuke cut Kitten Kid's tail off, and Kitten Kid is wearing a jumpsuit during this match, I guess to hide the fact that he doesn't have a tail any longer. Uh, Ganesuke would end up using a treat to distract Kitten Kid right away, and then uh, kick him in the head, and then eventually Makato, a ice ribbon uh, wrestler who's Ganesuke's student, she would end up interfering during this match and hitting a shining wizard, followed by Ganesuke putting Kitten Kid in the Nirvana Strangle to get the win. So Ganesuke has no problem getting his win back over Kitten Kid. But afterwards, Ganesuke asks Kitten Kid to join him and join the KHM with Kitten Kid agreeing. And Ganesuke ends up giving Kitten Kid his tail back. And so Kitten Kid now is going to decide, is going to be teaming up with Ganesuke. Um, and then in the main event, it's Minio Fujita, Hideki Osaka, and Yasu Urena going up against Soldier, Kinjo Takai, and Kamui in another alcohol match. Um, during this match, um, Ureno is just completely drunk. He is, um, he gets drunk early. He's spitting beer in his partner, Fujita's face. Um, he has no control. He's just like this stupid idiot drunk, um, because he's just drank too much for this match. And then, um, eventually, Fujita, he would still manage to hit a Shining Wizard to get the win once again over Kamui. So again, it's just one of those things. Not much of a match, but Fujita just, again, defeating Kamui with no problem. The Apache Army would go up against the GBH group on September 1st for lockup. What happened? So on this show, um, the Apache Army team of Kentaro Kanemura, High 69, Mama Sasaki, and Tetsuhiro Kuroda take on Toru Yanu, uh, Jado Ghetto, and Tomi Tomihiro Ishii. Um, Mammoth and Yano, they would square off with Mammoth hitting Yano with a lariat, but Yano would end up coming back and hitting Mammoth with a spear, and then Ishii and Yano would end up double-teaming Kanemura with Ishii hitting a doomsday device on Kanemura and then Yano pinning him. So this was just pretty much a house show to get over um, the New Japan team, the GBH team, once again defeating the Apache Army and again to kind of set up for Mammoth taking on Toru Yanu at the next Corgan Hall show. The Apache Army would hold a show on September 2nd at Shinkiba to set up their Corrigan Hall show later in the month. What happened to that show? 
So during this show, Junkasai agrees to a uh, three-on-one handicap elimination match. Uh, he just wants to face off against Jintaro so badly. Um, and so it's going to be Kasai going up against the winger, High 69, and Jintaro. Well, J- Kasai ends up eliminating the winger right away using a backslide to knock him out of the match. And then he would end up sending High 69 over the top rope. And so... It, it, just like that, it's now Kasai versus Jintaro. Well, then uh, Kasai would end up smashing a light tube over Jintaro's head, but he would end up getting disqualified for that. Uh, this is not a death match or anything like that, so Jintaro ends up getting the win over uh, Jun Kasai via DQ. Then the main event is Mama Sasaki and Takashi Sasaki going up against Toji Makabe and Toru Yanu. Uh, Yanu would end up spearing Sasaki, and then Yanu would end up holding Takashi Sasaki as Makibi would grab a chair and swing it with Takashi Sasaki moving out of the way, and Makibi would end up hitting uh, Yanu accidentally with the chair, and then Takashi Sasaki would suplex Makibi with Mama Sasaki hitting the 29 years old on Yanu for the win. So again, this is just to help set up Mama for his WWE title shot later in the month against Yanu. The Apache Army would then hold their Corrigan Hall show on September 23rd. What happened there? So they've been announced 1,100 fans for the show. It still seems kind of empty, especially compared to the June show. But, um, you know, I mean, this, like I said, this is just kind of what Apache Army's fan base is for the Corrigan Hall shows. Um, in this sh- on this show, it's Jun Kasai and Jackie Numazawa defending the WWE tag titles against Jintaro and the winger. Um, this is going to be a death match. Uh, Jintaro... Uh, and Winger, they end up coming to the ring in construction outfit. Like, they're really worried that they're, you know, with all the objects that are being used, they want to be protected during this match. Uh, Jintaro would end up taking a stack of light tubes and trying to hide them. That's how much he doesn't want to be in a death match. Um, Kasai would end up finding them and then setting them up, but Jintaro would then spear him through the light tubes um, and then um, roll up Kasai with a ghetto clutch, but Kasai would kick out it too. Uh, Numazawa would then grab a Another stack of light tubes and power bomb Jintaro onto those light tubes. Uh, Jintaro would end up acting like he's just done with this match and he's leaving, and so he ends up le- you know walking out of the match, leaving the winger to himself. Well, then Kasai would end up setting uh, the winger up for a Pearl Harbor Slash. Well, Jintaro ends up coming back and grabbing Kasai's leg and then pulling out his milk box that he had um, been bringing out the previous month. And he ends up pouring thumbtacks out of that milk box and then uh, pours the thumbtacks onto Jun Kasai's body and hits the shooting star press on the thumbtacks, so Jintaro is acting like, you know, these thumbtacks have hurt him as well. Um, followed by the winger hitting a senton splash, and then Numazawa would end up hitting the ring, but the winger would end up cradling him and getting the win uh, and out of nowhere. So Jintaro and the winger have now won the WEW Tag Team titles. And then the semi-main event is Toji Makabe versus Takashi Sasaki. Uh, Sasaki would end up sending Makabe through a table to the outside. Um, they would end up brawling in the crowd and then make it back in the ring with Makabe hitting a lariat and then finishing off Takashi Sasaki with a King Kong knee drop. So um, Makabe, you know, he did his one job to Kentaro Kanemura, and he's not going to do any more jobs uh going forward in Apache. And then the main event, it's Toru Yano going up against Mama Sasaki for the WEW title. Mama Sasaki, he comes to the ring with a new look. He's got a new haircut. Um, he comes to the ring in traditional black tights. 
Um, so he's, you know, he doesn't, he's not wearing a shirt anymore. Um, so this is going to be his new look going forward. Uh, Mammoth would go after Yano right away, and they would end up brawling in the crowd. Uh, Yano would end up hitting Mammoth in the head with the WWE title, and he would bust him open. So Mammoth is bleeding during this match. She's bleeding a lot, actually. Uh, Mammoth would end up fighting back and hitting a lariat on Yano. Mammoth would then end up trying to choke slam Yano, but Yano would end up getting away and spearing Mammoth. And then uh, Yano would end up grabbing a chair and hitting Mammoth over the head with it. But Mammoth would end up uh, booting the chair right away in Yano's face. And then smashing the chair over Yano's head. And then follow that up by hitting the Mammoth home run. And then the 29 years old to get the win. So Mammoth Sasaki now has won the WWE Championship. Um, Junkasai would come out afterwards and challenge Mammoth to the next Corrigan Hall show uh, for a WWE title shot on October 22nd, which Junkasai is going to promote himself. And so Mammoth accepts that. And so this is going to be the new era of the Apache Army going forward after we're. Uh, Working for the company for over two years now, they are finally putting the title belt and pushing Mammoth as the top guy in the Apache Army. The KHM would have a new partner on September 29th at Shinkiba in WMF. What took place? So the main event of this show is going to be uh, Soldier Yuko Miyamoto and Kamui going up against Minio Fujita, Mr. Ganosuke, and Kit and Kid. So, you know, Kit and Kid's a member of the KHM side now. Well, Kit and Kid would end up helping uh, Fujita and Ganosuke super powerbomb Miyamoto, but as uh, Fujita... But as Fujita's looking to put away Miyamoto, out of nowhere, Kit and Kid ends up hitting a flying drop kick off the top rope and on Fujita. And then Soldier would end up hitting a Styles Clash on Fujita to get the win. So Kit and Kid has turned his back on Ganosuke and the KHM team, and he has rejoined the babyface side. The Apache Army versus GBH feud would continue in lockup on October 11th in Toyahashi. Can you go over the match and what happened to High 69 during the match? So it's uh, Mama Sasaki, Tetsuhiro Kuroda, and High 69, the Apache team, going up against the GBH team, uh, Toji Makabe, Toru Yanu, and Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii and Mammoth would go at right away. Um, High 69 would tr eventually try to hit a Hurricane Rana on Ishii, but Ishii would struggle to have complete control of High 69 and would end up powerbombing High 69, and this is a really scary spot as High 69 lands directly on his head and um High 69 would actually end up being out for two and a half years as a result due to this injury. Um, High 69 right away knows he's hurt. He can't get up. He's struggling to move. Um, Ishii would end up putting High 69 in a face lock trying to give him some time not knowing how the severity of this injury. So he's got him in a face lock tr um, trying to with High 69 trying to move but um High 69 would eventually just have to tap out uh, to, for the GBH win. And then afterwards, uh, High 69 would still be in the ring in pain as Ishii would challenge Mem for a future title shot. But then Daisuke Sekimoto would come, out, come to the ring and he goes, no, I want a title shot as well. So they set up a number one contendership match between Daisuke Sekimoto and Tomohiro Ishii at the next Corrigan Hall show for lockup uh, the following month. Um, afterwards, a couple days later, Kanemura would announce that High 69, um, he had suffered cervical damage and, uh, along his uh, vertebrae, and they're going to run a benefit show for him due to the hospital bills. As, like I said, High 69 is really bad off here. Um, 
you know, I, I, at the time, I didn't know if he would be able to come back, but um, he would eventually have uh, eventually come back, to, like I said, two and a half years later. That's the severity of how bad this neck injury was to him. June Kasai would promote his first Apache Army Corrigan Hall show on October 22nd and would challenge for the WEW world title. Can you go over the show with us? So they would end up announcing a thousand fans for this show, and this is the fourth Corrigan Hall show in five months um, that they're running. Um, you know, they never did this before; they never did it after. So they're under the belief this is the peak of popularity of the promotion, and just you know, we can get away running Corrigan Hall as often as they are. And um, you know, they end up, uh, like I said, announcing a thousand fans. So the crowd number is going down each time. Um, the, on this show, it's Jintaro going up against Takashi Sasaki in a hair match. Um, Jintaro would keep avoiding Sasaki during this match until Jintaro would end up grabbing Nikon Lee, the referee, and using her as a shield. Well, Nikon would end up slapping Jintaro in the face, and Sasaki would end up hitting Jintaro with a lariat. Um, Winger would end up interfering and grabbing Sasaki's leg, and then uh, Winger would end up trying to go for a senton, but Yuko Miyamoto would end up uh, grabbing his leg and tossing him in the ring. Uh, Jintaro would then end up hitting a running kick to Sasaki's head, and then Jintaro would go for the shooting star press, but he would end up missing it, and then Sasaki would end up hitting the DJist for the win. Um, Jintaro would then take the uh, razor and or the and begin um, shaving his head, but Sasaki would stop him after just one swipe. And so you know, hey, I just want to be friends with you. We, you don't need to shave your head. Um, just let's be a team again. You know. Let's be friends and team up again. And uh, Jintaro shakes his hand, and um, you know everything's good until Jintaro ends up grabbing the WWE tag belt and smashing it over Sasaki's head. So, again, this is to avoid the stipulation of Jintaro actually shaving his head and then continuing the feud. And then in the main event, it's Mammoth Sasaki going up against Jun Kasai in a glass board death match. This is an awesome match. It's a great way to put over Mammoth Sasaki as a champion right away. Um, it ends up being the best match Apache Army holds for the year. Uh, Mammoth right away would end up picking Kasai up and running him into the first glass board. So Kasai early on has already um, had glass exploded all over his back. Mammoth would then set up the second glass board on a stack of chairs, but Kasai would get up and close line mammoth and then kasai would end up going for a tiger driver trying to send mammoth through the glass board but mammoth would end up picking him up and hitting a spine buster slamming kasai through the second glass board so kasai has already gone through two glass boards they eventually end up brawling on the stage at corrigan hall with kasai um kicking mammoth low and then hitting a ddt on him and then taping him up to a table then as kasai ends up climbing up to the balcony of corrigan hall and he ends up um jumping off the balcony sending mammoth through the table and so this is another one of those awesome kasai um jumping off the balcony spots sending as he sends mammoth through the table um mammoth would get up right away pretty much and choke slam kasai off the stage and sending kasai through a table um kasai and mammoth would end up making it back in the ring and kasai would lariat mammoth through the third glass board so this is the first so first time mammoth's hit um feeling the glass Kasai would then end up hitting multiple suplexes on Mammoth and then hit a Pearl Harbor splash on him and then set him up where Mammoth is underneath the, the fourth glass board. He sets up a stack of chairs and puts the glass board um, on top of them and Mammoth's body is now on top or is below the glass board and Kasai ends up uh, hitting a Pearl Harbor splash through the fourth glass board 
onto Mammoth Sasaki, and Mammoth ends up no-selling it right away and just gets up and ends up hitting the 29 years old on Kasai. Uh, Kasai would end up fighting back and uh, smashing a broken table piece over Mammoth's head and setting him up for another Pearl Harbor Splash, but Mammoth would get up and toss a chair at Kasai and then pick him up and hit the 29 years old for the win. So Mammoth gets the win over June Kasai. Afterwards, he puts his hand out to, for Kasai to shake it Kasai would end up just slapping it away. Um, like I said, this is an awesome match. Best match for the year um, of the Apache Army. Um, you know, and it's a great way to really put over Mammoth. That, you know, he's not only a traditional fighter, but he can have these death matches. This is, you know, and have awesome death matches with the likes of Jun Kasai, as well as, you know, against the New Japan guys and, um, you know, the likes of Daisuke Sekimoto and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. WMF would hold an elimination match on October 26th at Chinkiba with the WMF wrestlers going up against KHM. Can you go over the match? So for some reason, um, the Kitten Kid now is going to be going under his um, his original name, SYU, that he'd been using before WMF. Um, so he's not going to be wearing the Kitten outfit. I don't know exactly what happened um, after the last show. Uh, I never saw anything in regards to why um, he had to go back to his original gimmick. But uh, SYU is going to end up teaming up with Soldier, Kamui, and Kinko Hiro uh, Hoshino in an elimination match against the KHM team of Mineo Fujita, Mr. Ganesuke, Hideki Osaka, and Leatherface. I don't know who uh, the guy under the Leatherface gimmick is uh, during this time period, but um, SYU would end up uh, drop kicking Leatherface out of the ring, so um, he gets the first elimination, and then uh, Ganesuke would end up eliminating SYU with the Fire Thunder, so SYU is out pretty early on as well. Uh, Kamui would end up sending Ganesuke over the top rope um, with a Hurricane Rana, so Ganesuke is now out. To the, um, that's, you know, Ganesuke and Kanemura at this time are kind of like, uh, have de-pushed themselves to where they're no longer the top guys, even though they probably still have the best name value in the promotion. Um, Neo Fujita would end up spitting green mist into Hoshino's face, blinding him as, uh, Ho Hosaka would end up eliminating him with the lariat. And then Soldier would end up going for a clothesline on Neo Fujita, who would end up ducking it, but Soldier would end up hitting Hosaka instead and knock him over the top rope, sending him to the outside, eliminating him. So this leaves Soldier and Mineo Fujita as the last two um, members of each team, and Soldier would end up looking to finish off Fujita, with, um, but Ganesuke would end up hitting Soldier with a stick, allowing Fujita to roll him up for the win, so KHM gets the win over the WMF. And this is just to continue to feud and, um, you know, just continue to push Mineo Fujita as the top guy in WMF. Lockup would hold a show on November 24th at Corrigan Hall with a number one contender match for the WEW title. What happened during that match? Yeah, so on this show, um, Tomohiro Ishii, he ends up getting the win over Daisuke Sekimoto with a top rope brain buster. So Ishii defeats Sekimoto and has now become the number one contender for the WEW title. Um, and so he's going to have a match with Mama Sasaki in lockup here in the next couple months. Uh, Ishii would end up calling Mammoth out to the ring and he would begin, uh, begin attacking Mammoth. And then um, both the GBH and the Apache sides would end up both rushing the ring and brawling with one another. Afterwards, Kanemura and Mammoth, they end up meeting with Ishii backstage, and Ishii would end up going after both of them. So so at this point, Ishii's going to be the number one uh, New Japan guy going up against the Apache guys. WMF would hold a series of elimination matches on November 24th at Shinkiba between WMF, 
and KHM. What happened during those matches? So this is going to be kind of like a gauntlet of singles matches uh, between the KHM and the WMF uh, teams. It's going to be Soldier, SYU, Kamui, and Kekahiro Hoshino taking on Ganasuke, Munio Fujita, Hideki Osaka, and Leatherface. Uh, Fujita and Hoshino would, have, would be the first singles match. Hoshino would end up missing a uh, senton, and um, Fujita would end up making him tap out to a cross-arm breaker. So Hoshino's out. Well, then Kamui's the next guy up. And Kamui Kamui would come out and hit a Firebird Splash, but Yasu Ureno would end up grabbing the referee to prevent the referee from counting the three, so uh, eventually Ureno would end up grabbing Kamui, and Fujita would charge at Kamui, but Kamui would end up moving out of the way, and Fujita would hit Ureno, and then Kamui would end up rolling up uh, Fujita, but Fujita would end up reversing that roll-up and eliminating um, Kamui, so Neo Fujita again has Kamui's number once again defeating Kamui. Well, Soldier would end up coming in next and he would just put away uh, Neo Fujita right away with the BUU and so Fujita's out. Leatherface comes in and uh, Soldier knocks him out right away with some lariats and eliminates him. Hideki Osaka comes in, attacks Soldier right away and lays him out and finishes him off with the Death Valley Bomb. So Soldier is now eliminated. And this leaves SYU. He's the last member of the uh, WMF side. He goes up against Hideki Osaka. Uh, they brawl in the crowd. Uh, Osaka busts him up and they come back into the ring and SYU is bleeding all over. Well, SYU would end up eliminating Osaka after uh, hitting Hurricane Rana on him. So Osaka is out. This leaves Ganasuke, so now it's going to be Ganasuke versus SYU, the last uh, remaining members of each team. Uh, Ganasuke would just destroy SYU uh, during this ma during this uh, match. Uh, SYU would end up fighting back, but Ganasuke would end up just putting away SYU um, with the Fire Thunder. So the KHM side, once again, get the win. So pretty much all this year, ever since Fujita has turned heel, it's just been um, KHM just pushing them at the top. This is pretty much just done, so when WMF finally does get the win over KHM, it'll mean more but at this point um i mean the crowds are just so lethargic and just so apathetic and you know it's it's something where it doesn't even really matter and i mean khm they're winning but no, no one's actually getting over in this promotion um this promotion is just at this point is just really struggling um and like i said ganasuke is just really just keeping it going just and they're kind of running out of ideas as well Hustle would hold their Hustle Mania show on November 25th in the Yokohama Arena. How were Kuroda and Kanemura involved in the show? So this is going to be a weapons death match. Um, this is what Hustle did a lot around this time period, where it would be every so, every couple minutes a, a new weapon would appear on the stage. Uh, this is going to be Kinta Man and Kuroda Man going up against Shinjiro Otani and Monster C. Uh, Monster C and Kinta Man, they would do their signature spot of uh, when one strikes the other, the fans chant their name. So when Kinta Man would strike uh, Monster C, the fans would chant Key. Uh, when Monster C would strike Kinta, uh, the fans would chant C. Uh, and then during this match, one of the weapons used is a bowling ball, and Kinta Man would end up using the uh, bowling ball. He'd set up Monster C uh, in in the uh, uh, against the turnbuckle and roll the bowling ball into his crotch, and then uh, Kinta Man would end up um, putting uh, Monster C on a table on the outside and sending him through the table. Um, then a bicycle would appear, and Kuroda Man would end up getting it. Get, well, he'd end up getting on the bicycle and riding it down the ramp and hitting a lariat on Otani. Um, then the next weapon would be MMA fighter Mark Hunt. 
and he would come to the ring, and he would end up laying out uh, Monster C and Otani with punches, uh, with Kenta Man just, just jumping on top of C to get the win. And afterwards, uh, Kenta Man, Kuroda Man, and Mark Hunt would do the Team No Respect dance together uh, with, with Mark Hunt accidentally uh, swinging his arms out and hitting Kuroda and Kenta Man and knocking them both to the ground, just kind of getting over how powerful he is. Ganesuke would promote another show under his name on November 29th at Shinkiba. What would be the special surprise on this show? So this is going to be another Mr. Ganesuke um, promoted show. So it's under his name. So he's bringing in other talent that are not usually a part of WMF, like Akira, uh, Kikutaro, um, you know, and some of his Ice Ribbon uh, students, uh, Mikado. Um, Mr. Pogo would also end up being on this show. He would take on Gasaku. Um, Pogo would end up brawling with Gasaku um, outside the ring and using his sickle, cutting Gasaku in the, in the uh, face and the arm, cutting him open. Uh, Gasaku would end up grabbing the sickle from Pogo and using it on him. But eventually, Pogo would end up spitting a fireball at Kasaku and then wrapping a chain around Kasaku's neck, throwing him over the top rope and getting the win over Kasaku once again. And then in the main event, the big draw here is Mama Sasaki. He is coming in um, to take on Mr. Ganesuke. Uh, so it's going to be a tag match. Mr. Ganesuke and Minia Fujita going up against Mama Sasaki and Yuko Miyamoto. So this is the first time that Ganesuke and Mammoth are working against one another almost two and a half years earlier in WMF before Mammoth went to Apache Army full-time. Um, and during this match, uh, Ganesuke and Mammoth, they would go at it, striking each other um, back and forth. And um, Ganesuke and Mammoth would end up hitting each other with clotheslines before Mammoth would end up picking up Ganesuke and power-slamming him. Um, well, Mammoth would end up charging at Ganesuke, and uh, Ganesuke would end up catching his arm and trying for the Ganesuke clutch, but Mammoth would end up being too powerful and throwing Ganesuke across the ring. Mammoth would then end up hitting an awesome bomb on Ganesuke, followed by a choke slam, setting up Miyamoto to hit, try to hit a moonsault on Ganesuke, but Ganesuke would end up getting his knees up, and then Fujita would end up uh, throwing Mammoth out of the ring, and Ganesuke would end up would end up hitting a lariat, and then follow that up with hitting a fire thunder on Miyamoto to get the win. So Ganesuke gets the win over um, the Mammoth tag team. Uh, Mammoth and Ganesuke afterwards would shake hands and hug. So you know there was a little beef after Mammoth left WMF two years earlier. You know he did that interview where he said, "I like Ganesuke, but I don't really like him business wise." Well, well, time heals all wounds. So Mammoth and Ganesuke, they're good now. Um, you know Mammoth's still going to be an Apache Army wrestler, but um, you know there's no issues anymore with Ganesuke and uh, Mammoth Sasaki. WMF would hold their final show of the year on December 29th at Shinkiba. Can you talk about what happened on the show? So the main event of this show is uh, Mr. Ganesuke, Manio Fujita, and Yasu Ureno taking on Soldier, Kamui, and Kitten Kid. So SYU now is back under the Kitten Kid outfit. I don't know what happened, why he lost the outfit to begin with, and now all of a sudden he's back under the um, back under the outfit um, the only difference now though is he's wearing a black tail so he um, you know he's, he has a different tail than what was originally cut off and given back to him um, KHM would end up going after Kitten Kid's tail and stomping away at it with him selling like they're stomping at him um, Kamui and Minio Fujita would end up facing off against each other with um, Fujita end up hitting a Firebird Splash on Kamui and then Ganesuke would hit a Fire Thunder on Soldier and then um, 
at the same time, Ureno would end up hitting a tombstone on Kitten Kid. Uh, Fujita would end up going for a Fire Thunder as well on Kamui, um, but Kamui would end up getting away, and Fujita would charge at him, but Kamui would end up trying to deliver a Hurricane Rana, but it would not turn over all the way, and this is a really screwed up spot. Kamui really um, screwed up this spot. Um, they would end up improvising, and um, finally, uh, Kamui would end up um, rolling up Fujita for the win. You could tell the Hurricane Rana was the planned finish, um, but Kamui would finally get the pinfall over Fujita after all the times of losing to him the last couple months. This is a big win. For Kamui, and like I said uh, earlier, you know this was to set up the big win for WMF to finally defeat KHM. But I mean, again, it really wasn't that big of a deal. It just kind of at this point, it's just everyone's just or at this point, WMF is just kind of going through the motions. The Apache Army would hold their last show of the year at Corrigan Hall on December 30th, which would be their least attended Corrigan Hall show ever. What happened on this show, and why did it draw so poorly? Yeah, so they announced 500 fans for this show, and it does not even look like there's 500 fans in this building. This building is empty. This is the fifth Corrigan Hall show they're running in six months, um, so there's kind of an overkill. There's not that much of an interesting lineup. Um, the main event looks, I mean, the main event is probably something that should have been done in Shinkiba instead, um, so I don't know why they ran Corrigan Hall, but they um, this show did not do very well. Um, like I said, it is just an empty building. Uh, the main event is Mama Sasaki and Takashi Saki going up against uh, Toji Makabe and Tomohiro Ishii. Like I said, Ishii is now the uh, number one contender for the WEW title and is going to be facing off Mammoth, uh, facing off against Mammoth soon. Um, Ishii and Mammoth, they would end up brawling around ringside while Takashi Sasaki, he would end up taking uh, Makabe into the bleachers and smashing Makabe's head up against the wall of Corrigan. Well, eventually Makabe would end up grabbing Sasaki and they would end up fighting backstage where you don't even see him and uh, Takashi Sasaki comes back all bloody. Um, eventually um, Takashi Sasaki would tag in Mammoth. Eventually Takashi Sasaki Sasaki, he ends up making the hot tag to Mammoth, and Mammoth is going up against Ishii, but uh, while that's going on, Makabe grabs uh, Sasaki, and he ends up pile-driving uh, Takashi Sasaki on the floor, and this would allow them to double-team Mammoth. Makabe would end up wrapping his chain around his arm and hitting a lariat on Mammoth, and then um, hitting the King Kong knee drop, but Takashi Sasaki would be able to make the save. Ishii would then end up hitting Takashi Sasaki with a lariat, and both Makabe and Ishii would end up wrapping the chain around Takashi Sasaki's uh, throat and throwing him over the top rope, trying to choke him out, when Hito would return and hit Ishii with a barbed wire bat. So Hito is, has returned for the first time in over a year. Uh, Mammoth would end up coming out into the ring and hitting uh, Ishii with a lariat, while Hito would choke uh, Makabe with the the barbed wire bat, and that would allow Mammoth to hit the 29 years old to get the win over uh, Ishii, and so Hito has returned. He would actually not even wrestle for another couple months. Um, he's He had been out for, like I said, over a year due to um, just, he had s severe kidney damage just due to drinking so much um, over the last couple years, and and the doctors would tell him he just could not wrestle um, for the time being. And so uh, Hito looks like he's coming back. But like I said, he, he actually would not come back for another couple of months, at least as far as wrestling. But um, this would be his, his return back to the Apache Army. And now he has uh, come back as a face after being out, uh, like I said, for the last year or so um, when he was a heel with the Takashi Sasaki group. Kanemura would be seriously injured on December 31st at the Sayatama Super Arena during his hustle match. 
what happened and what kind of damage did Kanemura suffer from the injury? Yeah, so this is going to be another weapons death match that Hustle does. Um, it's going to be Kinta Man and Kuroda Man uh, taking on Erika, who is Aji Kong, as well as Zero One's Ryuji Sai. And Kinta Man and Kuroda Man, they come to the ring with kids following them. They do the Team No Respect dance that was really over with the Hustle crowd. Hustle really liked that gimmick that uh, the, the Team No Respect dance that Kanemura uh, provided. During the match, Kanemura would strike Erica with her selling like, a man just hit me! A man has just struck a girl! And so she is like, acting like, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did this! And the fans start booing Kenta Man, and Kanemura can't believe, like, I'm getting booed even though I'm the baby face, and I'm face because I'm facing off against a girl who I'm supposed to be, uh, you know, having a wrestling match with. Kanemura and Kuroda, they would end up placing Ryuji Sai in the corner, and uh, they place a ladder right up against his crotch, and they take some chairs and start smashing the ladder into Ryuji Sai's uh, crotch. Well, they end up doing the same thing to Erica, Aja Kong as well, for a comedy spot. Um, the first weapon to appear is a bicycle, so Kuroda ends up getting on it and doing the ramp spot where he hits a lariat while uh, riding the bicycle down the ramp. So the next weapon to appear is a Japanese pop singer, who this very young girl wearing this uh, revealing outfit, so she's the next weapon. And Kintaman rushes to her to get her to use her as a weapon. He runs down the ramp and he dives at her with her moving out of the way. And uh, Kintaman acts like he just wiped out. Um, Kintaman would then go after her, but Erica would begin striking him uh, uh, to prevent Kintaman from getting to her. And then it's time for the next weapon to appear, and it would turn out to be Mirko Krokop, the MMA fighter. And he would end up coming down to the ring, and the crowd is going crazy for him. He is over. Like, he's one of the top fighters at this point in the world, and the fans know it. And he comes to the ring, and he just takes down Kuroda with a strike to his leg, um, followed by a kick to the head to Kanemura. And Kanemura ends up just getting knocked out legitimately uh, by Mirko Krokop's kick. And uh, Erika would end up rolling him up for the pin, so Erica and Ryuji Sai get the win over uh, Kenta Man and Kuroda Man. Um, what, what happened was um, Mirko Krokop, that was a shoot kick that he did to Kanemura. It, there was no holding back or anything like that. That's a fight. That's a kick that he would do in an MMA fight. The kick would actually be so severe that it would actually uh, fracture Kanemura's skull and result in bleed, it would result in bleeding of the brain of Kanemura. And Kanemura doesn't know this. He just thinks it knocked him out, and he has a show later that night. Um, so he heads, heads on over to Corrigan Hall to wrestle at the Pro Wrestling Summit show uh, that night. And so he's backstage with this injury and waiting to go on. And some of the wrestlers find him backstage snoring with his eyes open. And they're going, this doesn't look good. And so they let the promoters know, and um, the promoters won't let Kanemura wrestle. So he would end up going to the hospital. Um, he would end up checking himself out the next day. Big Japan would not let him wrestle um, the, the following day, but he would end up getting booked um, five days later. Um, you know, like I said, this was a serious injury. You know, his brain pretty much shook. The kick was so hard, his brain shook in his head. And, um, you know, it really affected him the rest of his life um, he ended up because of this injury uh, being prone to a similar you know this happening again a lot easier and while wrestling in a match and after the match he ended up losing all the feeling in his hands and feet so this is something he's gonna deal with the rest of his life you know he's walking with a cane and a lot I mean a lot of it's due to the just the the years and years of wrestling but a lot of it had to really do with this kick against his head and what it did to his brain 
All right, Brett, can you remind everybody about how they can find you? All right, Brett, can you remind everybody about how they can find you? Yeah, you can find my website at fnwwrestling.us or bahufnw.com. I've been running this website for 20 years. I have biographies of a lot of these wrestlers that we're talking about. Um, I have news, results. I have DVDs for sale, MP4s of, a, of shows um, of FMW, Freedoms, Apache, WMF. Um, I also have uh, the career music videos that I've made over the last couple years. I've had to unlist them on YouTube, but you can find them on the website itself on the music video page. Uh, you can also find me on uh, Twitter at BahuFNW, uh, where I just post news and anything uh, interesting that I find. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram at BahuFNWWorld, where I post uh, random FNW pictures from magazines. I have um, over 800 magazines, and I'll just randomly go through them and post um, really cool, interesting pictures you probably can't find anywhere else. You can also find me on YouTube at uh, BrettFNW. Um, I have all the history of FMW videos back up if you need if you're listening to this if you YouTube search history of FMW or Brett FMW you'll find um, all 34 episodes of this uh, podcast um, and then with the video to go along with it also I've started up a Facebook page history of FMW I've posted all the history of FMW videos as well as the music videos on there as well as random FMW videos that um, you might find interesting as well and that's pretty much it Thanks, everyone, for joining us on episode 34. Come back for the next episode where we will go over the first half of 2008.